When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how you doing? Let me tell you about a great deal. Why don't you come on over to the premium smoke room? There ain't no smoke like premium smoke. I'm talking about four premium podcasts. I'm talking about Miss Big Queen and the Porn Rap Star. I'm talking about Pilgrim on Wrestling. I'm talking about Causing Havoc with Princess Havoc, as well as the Read Daily Report. Oh, I'm sorry. Five, STO Dark. Plus also extra premium episodes for some of the hottest ladies and gents in the business of porn. And all this for $4.99 a month. I'm talking about five to six extra episodes a week. On top of the free shit that you get. So do the math. Great deal. Only on Spotify, only on Anchor. Come check me out. Come catch this premium smoke. Hey, man. What's up, brother? Uh, nothing, nothing. How you doing, brother? Are you ready for the 20, the 36 inch pythons coming right at you, brother? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long weekend. I, 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 Who I the fuck you telling? Who you telling? Look, I don't even feel like doing the normal intro because people, is. I'm on right now. I am somewhat playing with an injury. I have a toothache that has stopped, but now just my mouth is swollen. So now I sound like, I sound like, you know, I sound like I'm supposed to be Italian, you know, make an offer that you can't refuse. Yeah, you know, Um, Sicilian. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's fine, you know. uh, I believe the I believe the fans would understand. Like a two and the toothache's brutal. I've actually uh, I've I've uh, had my own issues with teeth throughout my life. I've actually re- I pulled out two of my teeth uh, with a pair of pliers, like 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 my grandfather did. Because <laughs> trust me, the thought crossed my mind. Oh uh, yeah, the I mean, crossed my mind. It's it's uh, it sounds you know when you're in the throes of a massive toothache, toothache that won't stop. It yeah. You know, because immediately when you do it, uh, the pain like stops. And I have a unique genetic anomaly with my teeth in that my roots are really long and also yeah. like curl. So uh, to go to a surgeon, yeah, I had to go to a. I can't just have it pulled by a dentist. I had to go to a surgeon, and like they get and then of course you know, the you know the, the dental industry fucking. You know, love. I mean, just the prices are ridiculous. So it's like, you know what? I'll take the risk of, uh, I'll take the risk of pulling my own teeth out and save the money. You know, at least, uh, at least if I get an infection or something, then, then, uh, the money I'm, the money I'm, I'll probably never pay on that medical bill will be worth it. Yeah. Cause going to the dance is expensive. <laughs> It really is. It's, it's, it's shit. I can get, I can, I pay less for a UTI than I would a dentist. 
And that's just for real. Because it's kind of like, even to the point for them to see me, it was like, when I did go, it was like three almost $300. I was like, God damn, just for y'all to see me? Yeah, I I remember, because like the first time I did it, it was like, I remember it was 03, and I had kind of, I had like insurance because I was working for Kroger, but yeah. the insurance for Kroger is real iffy. Like Kroger tries to fuck you out of it at every turn. Mm. Uh, because like if you're like an hour off, yeah. On your work week, they, you know, whatever. And the dentist was so rough that I'm like, dude, it's sensitive. And he's like literally pressing on it and like, fuck. And I'm like, dude, dad, literally my face swolled up the next day because he was basically just like manhandling the area where I said, this tooth is bad. And my face swelled up. And then I get a phone call. I forget what the amount of money was, but they were like, oh, yeah, you got to do this. I was like, look, lady, your, your, your guy made it worse. I'm not paying shit, but your guy made it worse. And I would never go back to him. If he was the only dentist in Georgia, I wouldn't go back to him. So I always, so my, you know, grandfather being, you know, the Irish immigrant or whatever, I always heard stories about how he would do it with a pair of pliers or whatever. And it just got to the point where got really hammered to just put a pair of pliers on it. And it basically just hit my own arm. It's like, basically it's a couple of quick, like bang, bang. And then, you know, not a clean rip out, but I know oh, got no. infection. But it, I mean, the pain stopped. So you know, and and, and again, in the uh, in the in the cartoons and in the movies, it's like per- pulls out perfectly. Yeah, uh, but not, not real life. No, <laughs> no. I don't know so no, much. No, I don't reckon. See, I'm a little nuts, and also I grew up really poor. So it's a difference yeah. between six hundred dollars that doesn't exist. Not that you don't have it; it doesn't yeah. exist. It's it's yeah. fictional. Okay, Stephen King might as well be writing about it because it doesn't exist. A pair of pliers and a bottle of whiskey under under the bus, <laughs> and you know, and again, you take your gamble uh, with you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, and then I did it again in New York because I took a bad fall because some idiot got off, got out of a cab on the wrong side of uh, the cab, uh, out of the cab, and I clipped my bike and I went. You know, did this insane fall, and I guess I cracked a tooth, and then, you know, and I didn't realize it, you know, and then he just got more worse and aggravated, and now, and then, you know, and a couple years older, a lot gnarlier, and I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm not even gonna attempt to go to the dentist. I'm just gonna deal with this the way my grandfather did, and did it with the, you know, yeah. but uh, do it the old-fashioned way. So yeah, that's how yeah. I, so but I have to do some type of intro. So welcome to Pilgrim on I am your wonderful, wonderful co-host, Calvin Officer of a Champ, here with the man that of the hour, with the dick of power, who will make you laugh and make you think at the same time. Nobody else than Billy Pilgrim. All right, um, you're not gonna. Okay, you know, you, you said you weren't gonna do the big intro. If, you, if your mouth hurts after this, me. I'm not taking. That's the one thing you can't blame the white man on. I didn't know. I, 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 we could have just said, hey, Billy Pilgrim and Kavanaugh. Uh, Basketball and, players and play this, injuries. Why can't a podcast to work with an injury? And uh, what do you call it? And, and for this episode only, the mandible claw is banned. It's a banned hold. It's, you, you know, it's it's a banned. God, I would hate that. Oh, God. Can you imagine if you had to do the mandible claw with a hurt tooth? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that they, 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 they finish you. Um, what do you call it? Uh, the um, 
You know the story behind who invented that hold, right? Who? It's a legitimate thing. Like, the mandible, like, it, it, technically, like, if you're ever in a fight, you actually do that to somebody. It's a legitimate thing. But uh, the guy they based the fugitive off of went to jail. And when he got out, he became a wrestler, I, I believe, out in California for a few years. And that was his hold. Like, since he was, a, I think he was a dentist. So, like, he knew about the thing. So, the mandible claw was his hold. And then, you know, when Mick Foley became Mankind, that, you know... But the, I can't remember the guy's name. I have to look it up. But he was, um, I mean, I'll look it up as I'm telling the story. But, yeah, the guy who they based the fugitive uh, off of, uh, you know, the show and the movie and everything, the real guy, uh, you know, he when he got out of jail, he married a younger woman and her dad was a wrestler. So he got into shape and became a wrestler. And being that he was a dentist, uh, you know, that was the mandible claw. So that's kind of the story of the mandible claw. Yeah, and I can imagine it would be painful as hell with that person shoving their fingers in your mouth. Well, I would <laughs> imagine, unless you know, you know, I mean, again, the, like like a lot of wrestling moves, I imagine if you lean it in, you know, I yeah, I, I assume Mick, the, and again, Mick never gets the credit he does. Then again, I might ask Mick to be like, "Look, just rip my tooth out while you're doing this shit, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. Fuck me, my tooth well, hurts. Go ahead, just rip it out." I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I need to, uh, you know, be, you know, go to the dentist. But my thing is I have had such, uh, you know, traumatic experiences with the dentist and everything as that I can't for, for high as, uh, who, as, as a guy that, um, you know, has a high tolerance of pain. Um, oh, Sam Shepard is the name of the guy. Um, yeah, yeah, I heard that name. Uh, I I can't abide the sound of the drill and everything. So, like, what yeah. I... So, uh, some dentists won't do it, where it's like, look, do whatever you got to do, but knock... I don't want to be awake. I want you to put me under and go to town and do whatever, and then when I wake yeah. up, I want you to give me painkillers depending on what and and since since some dumbass dense is like occasionally like sometimes a kid will die because somebody you know could, well it's a child you're not supposed to put a child under for dental work but i'm a grown-ass man and i'll sign whatever you want to sign but i attempted to go to dentist and i've I was like well if you're not gonna put me out i can't like it's 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 the that's my one form of ptsd that i can't get past like i can't listen to the drill i don't want you I can rip my own teeth out, but I don't want you coming at me with the with the Novocaine needle and everything. It's like, and they won't do it. And then also the other problem I've had with dentists is, and they do, th this is some bullshit. And if you're a dentist and you've done this, go fuck yourself. Like seriously, go into a corner and, and, and take a deep breath and bend over and squeeze your dick and pull on it until it goes up your ass. They give you like these. They, they, they prescribe ibuprofen, which is essentially just a big fat horse pill of ibuprofen. And the last time that happened to me, I looked at the thing and I'm like, I'm in genuine pain here. Like, I'm not drug seeking. Like, I'm in genuine. You, 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 continue, you looked at it. It's like, well, you know, we don't like to. So I crumpled it up and threw it in. I actually threw it at his face. I was like, dude, I'm not going to pay prescription prices for something I could go to the store and buy over the counter and just take a fistful. I could literally just take a handful of ibuprofen you know, like whatever, whatever milligram you just gave me. So like, I want to be knocked out and then you're going to give me, I don't give a fuck what it is. You're going to give me some kind of opioid, uh, 
you know, because I it's it's a pain that it's, it's, it's tooth pain and the mouth pain. And I feel you. It's it's a type of pain that you can't like rub dirt on and walk it off. It's not that kind of you know no. Bronson tough guy Clint Eastwood where no. you know, I'm just gonna. It's in your soul. Even when you take pain meds, you can still feel the warmth and the throbbing from yeah. the thing. It's it's like no, no, you're gonna knock me out. You can do whatever the fuck you want once I'm knocked out. I, you know, like I don't care, but you're, I'm not going to be awake for this shit because I'll have a panic attack. And then once I get into an hysteria, yeah, the more you try to restrain me, the more I'm going to probably slap the shit out of you. So let's let's avoid the assault. See, you, know, you know what's up? You know what's up? You should do that a scene right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, actually, I mean that's oh, like actually, that. you know what? Um, I actually fucked a dentist. This weekend, and we actually did talk about possibly doing a dental scene. Wait a second, you fucked it. Wait, wait, wait. Who was the dentist? Um, uh, the like, I have to say, she was probably like we really had uh, Melissa Johnson. She is a mill from Romania, and she is yeah, also like an actual contact. dentist. She was telling me this, and again, I brought all my props, and I have like a whole. Now I have multiple chests of costumes, outfits, and whatever, and I brought my stuff, and I had, and I was like, oh, you're, well, I have some stuff that we can make it look like a dentist office or whatever, but yeah, no, her and I really hit it off, and we did two scenes together, and there was a definite connection, and um, I, I kind of, she's in America working, and I'm kind of hoping... I'll see her again in April because she's going to be in Florida. Because I really, it was one of those, is one of those talents that it really, one I can film with her all day, like all day, because there's like that connection there. So I can like if we, like I almost want to see how many scenes we could do in a day. But also, there's like a genuine chemistry there that we really liked each other. We really bonded over, um, over the course of the four days to the point where I have a cloak in my collection and it's basically I bought it it's a hooded cloak it could be used to play Red Riding Hood it could be used to play a vampire witch whatever it's two sides black and red and it's just it's you know universal and I haven't really used it yet and she had a whole vampire thing she wanted to do but she has not had the chance to do it so it's easy to replace, yeah. so I gave it to her as a gift because I really appreciated just, you know, her working with me and just the connection and everything. So it was, yeah, it was funny. I fucked the dentist. The only dentist I ever met in my life that I liked. Yeah. Oh, man, that is, that's interesting. No, and she, she, yeah, she was really sweet and smart and upbeat. Like, everybody at the shoot house that I was at, was really incredible. Team VP, like, I'm really proud to kind of, and this is my first Team VP, like, actual mm-hmm. event, event. Like, I've worked with several people, but this is, like, their the first shoot house I've done, and everybody, you know, there was no stragglers. Um, everybody was working, uh, and the energy was really high. Uh, the, the, um, and uh, I, I'm actually... Uh, I think I'm probably most proud of, of Havoc because I kind of threw a word in for her because her and I, we we had a past association with somebody else and that, you know, that association is over, not, not through any fault of her own. And, you know, she, you know, they were kind of hesitant about her 
unfair. And I was like, no, 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 no. Nothing to do with her. She, if you bring her to this event, she's going to be upbeat. She's going to be this ball of positive <clears throat> energy. She's going to be this human dynamo. And never in my life have I vouched for somebody in anything. And that person not only made me look good, not only made me proud, but like exceeded expectations. Like, like she came in there like a young, like a young Brando, just like through the door, just, you know, I mean, she came in there and everybody loved her and she just kept, she was a machine and she just, you know, like I said, she made me look good. She proved herself and she exceeded expectation. I mean, this bitch was filming while she was filming. She was fucking while she was fucking. She was. She was who, getting, is who, who is this? Princess Abby. Yeah. She was fucking while she was fucking. That's how, like, you know, she was putting in work to the point where, like, she was making a scene while making a scene. And, you know, it really, it was a great environment. I, I was very happy. Yeah, she, she, she had texted me and list off some things that she had done. I said, oh, next show is about to be on chain. Yeah. But <laughs> she did, she did amazing. And because she, and here's the thing she's not becoming a star, she is a star. Other people just haven't caught up, uh, and I I think by this time next year people are going to finally catch yeah. on. But like she is a star, she you know is a is a worker, and uh, you know you can't wear her out. And and you know she's game for anything. And like I said, never in my life in anything comedy writing, just in life, whatever I did I you know I put a word out that they you know not only they over she over delivered. You know, like so, um, I, I was really happy that it was a it was a great weekend for her. Like she got a lot done, and she and she met a lot of really cool people, and 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 shook off some, you know, just like okay, this has none, this has nothing to do with her. So like a lot of stuff that was floating around her name got finally waved away. And see, and see, the thing of it is, is that why I tell girls the way that you beat those rumors is that every time when you work with somebody. You dispel the rumors by your professionalism and your willingness to work, because a lot of times, I, like, it, because I've been there where somebody badmouthed your name, talk shit about you, put bullshit out there, you know, period, and you have to work hard to dispel their myths, you know, period, and because to me, I'm pretty sure that some of the bullshit that was put out there was what it was, bullshit, because she is a good worker. She is a female that is professional. You know, and, and and I can tell just by the way she talks, by the way she moves in the whole nine. There's some females that don't even, there's not not even close to her professionalism that's in this business. Yeah, and and you know, it's and everybody, like, Marley Moore was there and she was great and she is absolutely gorgeous and she is somebody I'm also. I'm trying to get her on the damn show, that motherfucker. I'll say something to her. I mean, she's been. Here's the thing: she's not just talent. And let me tell you, she is talent. She's another machine. Yeah, but um, she runs shit. Yeah, she is an entrepreneur. She's out there making moves. Like she's a business woman, and uh, so she's so she's doing a lot of stuff. I'll I'll say something. I'll be like, hey, you know, I'll message her and like let her know. She's just because she's got her own thing. Like the thing about Team VP is everybody's kind of this network, but they're all doing. Of you know their own thing, like they all have their own little studios or whatever. Like eventually, hopefully by summer, uh, Pizza Bed Studios is going to be up and running. Uh, you know, so that'll be added on to the Team VP thing. And um, and you know, uh, she she 
really impressed me because also, again, just a gorgeous woman, sweet. I, you know, she could be, she looks like she could be intimidating because she carries herself with such power. And, but she's really smart and endearing and sweet and, and gregarious and professional and just, you know, like it, uh, you know, and again, also like very, very smart. She's a businesswoman. Um, and there was a lot of there was a there was a lot of good talent. I like I said, I work with Melissa Johnson and and, and Marley and I even pulled Marley aside because she asked to work with me. And I said, I appreciate you wanting to being that you never met me, but also like I I appreciate you and I would work with you anytime uh and and um you know like I said uh the, the only thing bad about Melissa Johnson is that she lives in Romania and yeah. she, you know uh but she her and I like I said really hit it off a lot of great guys were there that I met you know like actual male talent and you know it's always nice to hang out with real male talent that take it seriously and uh yeah, no, I mean it's it's and again, running a shoot house is not an easy endeavor. I oh no, I already determined that cause a couple people joked like you should run it. It was like okay, if I did, I'm one going. It's gonna be very small. It's gonna be like literally fifty fifty, like five females, five males, and it's gonna be like you, you know, like I'm gonna pick the guys and then I'm gonna pick the girls and go look. Number one, you have to work with me. Because that's I'm the one footing the bill for everything, so I'm getting my shit. Like, you guarantee that. But like these are the these are the um, five guys, not counting me. They're gonna be there. Uh, I'm gonna have professional camera people. Will you, are you willing to work with all five guys? If the answer is no, if the answer is no to more than two of the guys, then we'll get you on the next event. It's like I'm gonna pick five people. I'm gonna get four cinematographers and. It's, you know, and everybody has to be willing to work with everybody because, you know, I don't want anybody standing around. I don't want anybody going, well, nobody wants to work with me or whatever, you know, and just keep it small. Like, Mr. Nuts, I don't know how he did it, man. He, he is, he... He's been he doing it for like, years, man. He's been doing it for years. Yeah, he's, but I mean... He's his first rodeo. He, he, well, I know, but I mean, he is just so smooth and so cool and calm and collected at all times and he and i love having him as a as a what like, I, I love when he shoots my shit because he and i have such good chemistry and edit you know edit and he has an energy when somebody who's been around doing it that long you know when they cuts the camera gives you a fist bump and says that was a great scene that that means something so but just helming this mad and again everybody was cool there was no there was no stupidity there was no jackassery but it was just so many people and then there was like organizing gangbangs and i'm like man you you have more patience it's just that's why like i said five people five guys not counting yeah. me five girls everybody's if you're not going to work with all, everybody then, then you know, whatever. I can't. I'll get you on the next event or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and also, just like a lot of people can't. That's the other thing too. Like people commit to something and then, you know, I don't know why they canceled. And you know, some people had some good reasons. I don't know what the reasons for the other events was, but it's like I don't know why people commit to stuff and then, you know, like cancel. Yeah. You know, it kind of. I mean, cause I mean, shit happens. Honestly. You know, period. Um, because, like I said, even with me, I can't get with so 
mad when someone cancels as long as it makes sense why they did it. Well, like, if yeah. it's a dumbass cancel, then no, nah, I'm not going to Well, like, yeah, a couple of people that I talked to had legitimate excuses. And I, I don't mean to say excuses because our reason. Reason is a better word. Um, and I was disappointed because some of them were guys that I wanted to meet and just say hello to. And some were talents that I wanted to work with. But, you know, uh, again, it was uh, a lot of people canceled at the last minute. But like I said, he, you know, helmed the ship in a way that I was like, just watching him and like, it doesn't stop. Like I, I would get there whenever and he was already awake doing shit. And then I left when there was nothing left to do and he was still going. And I'm like, and again, same demeanor as when I left as when I showed up, like just calm, cool, collected, like, even even if he asked you to give him a minute, he still like if you came up to him, he acknowledged, like yes, can you can you give me a minute though? And I was just like, dude, this is why I'll follow you into hell, but you're gonna do the one leading because I ain't I, <laughs> I, I I I'll follow you to hell. I ain't gonna lead you to hell. I'll follow you to hell because this, this it was just I don't know how to hell you this chill and mellow and 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 he all he does is drink Pepsi. That's it. Um, maybe I was maybe I maybe I need to start drinking Pepsi. I don't know maybe. Yeah, maybe there's something in there that I don't know about. But, uh, but yeah. So, so. so now, well, since we got that out of the way now, we're here. And now it's time to get the people what they want. So welcome to the parole wrestling smoke side of Pokemon wrestling. And you know how we always begin. It's now to go into the... To listen to the sultry sound and the sexy velvet voice of one Gordon Soli as he give us some serious, serious poetry. So come with me to the Gordon Soli Poetry Corner. Snaps, snaps. Welcome, friends, to another edition of the Gordon Soli Corner. Thank you for taking a break from the wars of the pro wrestling ring to enjoy some pros from yours truly, Gordon Sully. <clears throat> as we let's relax as we take a break from the battles of the Crimson Mask. This weekend was a memorable one, and I wanted to share with you a little poem I wrote called Remembering. The day I first saw them, each Individual, each a part of you. I held her as she, as she liked you. Looked to the sea and longed. A wistful searching for such an infant. Ah, the ageless wonder of a child's eyes. I miss you and him and her. I miss all three. And with that, I leave you with a short poem this week. But with a much larger and longer message. Remember the good times. And remember the people that mean the most to you. And always remember to sell. And thank you once again for joining me in my little corner. Kavanaugh. Most definitely. And thank you for giving us such wonderful poetry. Most definitely. You know, so, like, again, I need to say this because, you know, when people think wrestling, they think kind of a certain 
demeanor of people. Like Gordon Soli really was a Renaissance man, and yes, he was. Really, again, I, I I'm somebody who reads. And like is obsessed with books. So again, if I ever hit the Powerball or come into a lot of money, I essentially would do three things. I would mm-hmm. read and collect books. I mean, I love actually going on the hunt for a specific. I'm going to Asheville this week, and there's some great bookstores there. And I'm going to go book hunting. Uh, I like. I love to cook. I love to cook for people. I just love to learn how to make new shit, and I love to fuck. So if I ever hit the Powerball, it's like <laughs> I'm going to be doing one of three things. I'm either going to be uh, like collecting books, uh, uh, cooking somebody dinner, or fucking somebody, you know, like so. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, uh, yeah well, I knew this much. You would be happy to know that we're going to finally get what we wanted. And this is how we're starting off the pro wrestling smoke this week. We're finally going to get FTR versus the Briscoes. I saw that. For the yeah. Ring of Honor tag titles. So we finally gonna get this match. I got I, I just because of that match, I got to get the pay-per-view. Um <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be a pay-per-view, right? Or is that just gonna be a house show? Yeah, it's gonna be a pay-per-view. It's gonna be on Fight TV. I'm pretty sure they're gonna have it on Fight TV. Well uh, I don't know like if they don't I'm sure Bleacher Bleacher Report will have um so this is the now restart of Red yes. Water or is this just yes. like this will be their supercar their first show back since they went dark right. and he bought it so I can't wait for that so far we have Grissom versus Bandito for the title Lethal versus I, I figured yeah I figured that was gonna happen because Bandito was stuck in Mexico and, when they and Grissom has been making moves yo I, I I watched him this weekend against Nick Aldis um, at Memphis Championship Wrestling, he had to defend the title against him. They furthered, they used that match to further the beef between Aldis and Cardona for the type for the NWA title. But something even more interesting happened with Mr. Grissom, and we'll get to all your little AWWE shit because this is way more interesting. Now we talk about building. Jim Cornette always talk about building to matches, right? Yeah. That's the one thing he said is missing. Well, you know something? Progress, whoever is whoever is booking them, Vince McMahon need to go hire him. Fire all the writers and hire him. Because, because let, let me explain before you speak. Grissom went over there to do a title versus title match against Progress, against the Progress champion, Carl Noir. Now, what I now I knew this was gonna be a good match. Because Cardinal Noir is a beast. If you have never seen the Black Swan in action, yeah, you need to check him out. He, he, he's, a, he's a clone. He's If Brian Danielson and Kevin Von Erich had a baby, <laughs> that, would be the, that would be the Black Swan, straight up. There's a porn I could pass on. <laughs> you know, period. So they had a match. Now, Spoiler alert, John McGrissom won the match, but he won it by dubious means because they've been building to these two, to Spike Trevay, which is a top heel, to beef with the Black Swan. They have crossed paths like in promos, but never touched each other. And he always made mention of the Black Swan or what have you, you know, period, in some of his promos because he wanted all this stems from he asked for a title match and the Black Swan brushed him off. 
Plus, they've been building this dude because he hasn't took a loss, not a pinfall. He might have lost by disqualification in some matches, but he always won. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Next, if it was WWE, Spike Gervais would have lost by about four or five matches. You know, period. All right. He comes down the ringside during the match for what I can see. And he basically interjects himself. He gets in the face of the champion numerous times. So at some point in the match, he hits the champ with a chair, which enables Grissom to get the win. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And I tagged you in the promo. And what I love about the promo was he harbored back to when they hooked up. So he connected the dots to everybody to why this has happened. And he even said, he said, look, start off. This had nothing to do with Jonathan Grissom, the octopus, because his title reign don't mean nothing to me. This is about the Black Swan. <laughs> he called Carter War by his real name. That would made it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And even though Jonathan Grissom became, he became the first American-born champ wrestler to hold that belt and the first black one, because they didn't want to admit that because ain't no black man ever held, held, held that belt before. I just love the build for that shit. Well, so when you have the match, it makes me want to watch it. It's a better build than some of the shit that they do at WrestleMania. Well, Ed, no, you and I, you and I could do set up a fake match where we slap fight. Actually, we could set up a match where we slap fight and pitch each other's nipples, and we could do a better build up than than anybody that works in WWE. And they would never hire the Booker for progress because apparently they know what they're doing. I gotta, I gotta yeah. catch up. But they know what they're doing, and they won't hire anybody that knows what they're doing. So I mean, it's it because we because here's the interesting part: what makes this match special is that both guys has been killing it. Understand, Carl Noir has been champ seven hundred sixty-one days, no, seven hundred ninety-one days. So he's been champ for two years. You know, period. Even to the point that he. During his title reign, he had he, he actually won the belt from Ily, from Ilya Dragunov in a very serious physical matches, a series of physical matches. You know, period. And I think they, they I think they had wrestled against recently. Um, even the match that he had against Swerve, Swerve Shane Strickland was 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 off the chain. You know, period. I will tell you about that match. So it's just funny how. When I look at the ICW and the progress, their storylines are more cohesive, more thought out, makes more sense than the motherfuckers that is actually paying them to put the shit on Peacock. Well, that's the thing. And again, and this is a point that I've beaten to death and I will continue to beat to death because I'm starting to see more. And I actually talked about the podcast with some some of the male talent that I worked with this weekend and, and talking about the show and then how I've been, you know, kind of forcing me to start watching more of of the modern like stuff going on because I, I I had a period where I was just kind of you know keeping an eye out but like mainly just watching older stuff but everybody's so athletic and everybody yeah. looks so amazing and everybody is you know just so talented that uh, the fact that you can do a bunch of flips or the fact that you can like jump from the ground to the apron or the fact that you can do some kind of ridiculous move it it's not interesting. You know, it's like I said, like like with porn, it's a house full of twelve inch dicks. Okay, then what do you got? Like, can you what's what do you bring to the table? You're like, I my career has been going forward because I'm bringing more to the table than 
than the penis. Uh, and it's like now the more than ever, because everybody is so talented, regardless of age, gender or body type, you have to now have one psychology and two storylines because that all Japan style where you just go in there and kick the shit out of each other is great for a match, maybe two. You can't have you, you need storylines. You need you need psychology. Why are you doing this? And also you need to sell because that is the genuine art of wrestling. It's the it's the making people believe and again, reach from the past, take all the shit from the old days and just use it with modern themes and it, it would work. You just got, you can't, you know, like you gotta, you gotta like kind of, you know, just modernize it. But the psychology and the, and the reasoning is the same. And I agree with you about John Grisham, him and his wife. I've been saying this, if I had a woman's yeah, division, and like and not only that, but she's, she's hot as fuck. And she's, yes. you know, she's adapted, dipping her, not, I want to, I don't want to say sex work. Cause I don't know what, I don't know what, it, I think she has some nude photos are very, are very se- I mean, most photos. of her, e- e- even with Thunder Rosa, they give you sexy pictures. Well, yeah. I've and, seen Thunder Rosa shit. Oh my God. Well, Jesus. yeah. And, and the thing is, but she's just this whole package and, she she's only and now like again she's only in my opinion getting rolling. I don't even think she's anywhere near her prime. So if I were Ring of Honor, you know, aka Tony Khan, obviously you you signed or you have something going on with Grisham because he's going to be at the thing, and you'd be an idiot to let him go away. You sign him, you pay him, you make him happy. But I would start. I mean, she's with Impact at least for the next year, I believe. But. I would just start getting her ear and being like, you know, because Ring of Honor, the one thing they were never able to do was get that women's division off the ground. Yeah. So, and again, you can build a division with this. And, and again, she's built, she's got that China vibe, but she could actually wrestle and she's got a lot more charisma and they're both money. And the thing I love about John Grisham and I, mm-hmm. and I did not know this. And I, I, I recently found it out. And I was genuinely surprised is that technically I'm taller than he is, and it's not noticeable. He's 5'4". I didn't know that. I thought, you know, he was, you know, maybe 5'10". It's like his wrestling style, because of his size, his wrestling style makes so much sense for him. He's also a a big motherfucker. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like like your boy from, from, from the group that we shall not name, Silverman. He's a short, stocky, strong son of a bitch. Yeah, and, but he he's athletic and he takes it seriously. And yeah. and, and and the thing and the funny thing is again this the obsession with height. It never until I saw it by accident because I remember like a talent this weekend said something to me. She's like, "How tall are you?" And I'm like, five seven. She's like, "Oh, because you, you look really short, you know, coming, you know, down the hallway." I'm like, "Well, I'm coming from a distance, but I but basically I just looked at her. I was like, well, I look short because I am short.'" I don't, you know, and again, like and I've, and I've said this before, I'm repeating myself, is that the only time I ever have an issue with my height is when I'm shooting, and I get stuck with like a piece of furniture. But I'm, I'm, I'm gonna invest in like a, as like a stack step and just start bringing that to set, like the kind you can like you know just kind of stack to you know defeat the difference. But you know, hey, you know what? Just because you're not six, I women are obsessed with guys that are tall. Like just because you're not six foot does not mean you lose worth and Jonathan Grisham I like you know what 
I'd love I'd love to see a black world champion, but now I have a whole other thing. Like this dude is making short guys around the world proud because he's you know like everywhere he's winning everything he's doing everything you know when ring of honor has been down he's been taking advantage and ironically they they need to pay him very well because while all this shit was been going down since december he's been out there holding that belt keep it you know keeping the uh keeping the banner alive not more than anybody else he's every time i see a picture with jonathan grisham i see three pictures with jonathan grisham he's either with his wife and, and, you know, which how he's able to, like, stand next to her with his pants on, good for him. Or he's in the ring, like, sweating. Look, look I'm sorry. She's, I would she's be a total gentleman if I'd met her, but he's married to her. So there's... Yeah, because you want to. Trish, you are hot. She's one of the hottest chicks. And understand, she was hot when she had the weight and got hotter when she lost it. I'm sorry. It's... Well, that's the thing. And, you know, just because you have weight, it's how you carry yourself. Uh yeah. That's you know like just, but yeah she 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 works hard on that body, and uh, but you know she uh, but yeah so as uh, he's sweating and 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 last but the most pictures I see is him holding up that belt more than the Briscoes and more and yeah. like look no offense to Bandito who who is a good wrestler but I don't know you know like you need a champion that could. That could give a promo. Like if you're if you're gonna be champion, you either need a manager or you need to do a promo. And when they have this match at the Ring of Honor, I'm gonna say it. If they have a brain in their head, and again, all due respect to Bandito, Grisham needs to win that match, and you need to make him your champ, and you need to keep that belt on him a while because you know he's the reason why your your Ring of Honor title wasn't actually in the last. What is it? It's only been like four months give or take he's made that title more relevant in four months than it's been in in years so if he loses it's gonna be a it's the ring of honor is gonna be getting off to a wrong step um yeah. I, long, I, I really can't see how they'll have him lose that match because this guy's got so much steam and again also yeah. he's also with his wife who again i would start dishing out whatever money or token i think it's something that he said in a in a previous interview. Unless they offer him a guaranteed contract, he's not signing. So if he so if it, you, you get where I'm coming from, so but yeah, yeah, and and he's he's right. Like you, you 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 would be give him a guaranteed contract. You're going to. I mean, Tony Khan. You could take shots at Tony Khan about certain things. He's not dumb. Um, he has a lot of faults, but he's not dumb and he if you want this new ring of honor this new era to cat you need a champion and this guy's been working his nuts off for a company that technically has not existed and and uh so yeah he deserves a guaranteed contact uh, contract and you and, and you pay him well because if you don't then somebody else is going to snatch him up or right now he could just make a living calling his own shots and he, he, I mean, because I didn't realize Terminus was his 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 promotion, so he got that. But also, the other second. the other thing is he needs to win because he would set because with the Briscoes and FTR, mm. I'm of the I'm of the camp of as long as they give them the room to work, give them the time and the room to have a match. I don't care who wins. Yeah. Just just let them go. Give them thirty minutes. Give me thirty minutes of them going at it. I don't care who wins. Whatever else you're going to have on the card, I'm sure it's going to be good. 
But if you really want to set the tone for the new era of Ring of Honor, this guy came out of fucking nowhere. And and in the fate and in any other situation, any other wrestler would have ran to the WWE and taken whatever they offered or they would have, you know, whatever. This guy has been all over the world winning shit, doing shit. He's in my Twitter feed, no matter what Twitter account I'm yeah, on. Yeah, I was sure that he won the, the pro because I thought they were going to, like, do some bullshit where it's disqualification, you know, and it and he keeps the belt and Cardinal Wall keeps, you know, keeps his title. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. They had they had them switch what? and Cardinal Wall lose. And, and I kind of like the way that they did it. Yeah, and and again, and I'm sure you know, it, like he'll have the freedom to do whatever is required to like either drop it back or hold on to it. But yeah. also, and again, no offense to Bandito because he, uh, I don't know what's going on with PWG right now, but he was a PWE champion. But I've never heard this guy mutter a word in Spanish or English. And when they made him champion, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, and I give a shit. Because yeah, actually, I, I'm not even gonna lie because I didn't mind Roosh being champ. Because Rush could talk. Yeah. And the click he had with him fit. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about Kenny King, but it, it, it the click he had with him fit. So but to me, I think um what well, I was saying, I think no, I think Grissom should keep the belt and he should win the belt, which brings me which is a segue because you mentioned Tony Khan. I know you didn't hurt. That they didn't reach an agreement, a working agreement with a company in Japan, and it ain't New Japan. <laughs> oh yeah, DDT, and I was—I thought it was very odd because I'm like, look, you already got the top comedy wrestlers in the industry. Like, I don't know what DDT is doing these days, but they always were to me seemed like. Kind of, uh, kind of, kind of, not, 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 just kind of like doing goofy stuff. I mean, I know they had a lot of talent. I'm sure they have like a lot of good talent, like have solid matches. But their thing is, they do stuff in parking lots, literally in parking lots with no ring. They they do a lot of weird stuff and everything. And but weirdly enough, they are successful in Japan. But I'm, it's like okay, I. I really love the stuff you're doing with the serious wrestlers. Like I'm over the George Gulas gang. Uh, uh, sweatpants can kiss the tip of my dick. You're wasting uh, uh, Dan Housen. I know he can't See, wrestle, I'm, but it, I'm thinking that they're going to get the more serious people. They, and I mean, get some of the chicks. At the very minimum, if they have if they have the comedy wrestlers come over, I want them to kick the fuck out of the comedy wrestlers AEW has. I want you know. I mean, like I don't know. Have a whoopee cushion battle royal. I don't know, but because um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I'm kind of again. On, I'm tired of looking at. I'm waiting for the next evolution of Orange Cassidy, and I'm on the fence because, as far as his wrestling skill, it's the same as everybody else. It's confident. It's good. He's athletic. I'm not t- trying to take away from the fact that he can do shit, and he has psychology because he developed a gimmick that's made him a fuck ton of money more than I have. So he obviously has psychology in his head. For me, it's like. I, I I never got along with people like that, and I don't care about the. But I'm waiting to see. Okay, like so, you got this far. You've been kind of sitting on your laurels. Like, what's the next evolution of Orange Cassidy? Because so far, the only evolution I've seen in the last two to three years is you switch to sweatpants that look like jeans. That's like the biggest evolution. See? 
That's it. But and see, but see, I but see why I said it's at some point he will have to shift his character because okay, the writing is on the wall. Let's keep it one hundred. He got Ring of Honor now. Add to that working agreements with DDT. He can get people from New Japan. He basically was doing what the NWA was doing, but 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 it wasn't involving their world title per se. You gonna come from? You know, period. The NWA was supposed to be an organizer. You know, the, we organize professional wrestling governing body. That that's not what he's doing. It's just basically swapping talents or what have you. So to me. Orange Cassidy gonna have to because the influx of talent that he got coming in. Think about it, he got swerved. Yeah, he got, you know, it, and then like I said before, Will, because even to the point, like for example, Moriarty is gonna go against Jerry Lethal. I knew that he was gonna move some of the guys that's on Dark or what have you over to Ring of Honor, so he has some contracted talent on Ring of Honor. But also, like, there's still PCO out there, and there's other. I mean, you know, I mean, the thing is, everything there's again, like, I feel like psychology and and storylines are making a a slow comeback. Um, You know, there is this resistance from like the the buck kind of style of match where it's a lot of high spots, but, you know, uh the Bucks can be great heels. I don't know what kind of, what they're trying to do. I was a little offended by his little fucking St. Patrick's Day outfit. It was like, dude, go fuck yourself. Um, but the thing is, he's, he, I'm hoping he's saving his money because things are heading in a direction where unless something's going to switch up, you're, it's one day it's going to be, everybody loves it. And then it's going to be, forgotten like he's, it is approaching a level where you're gonna have to change something up because all this stuff is like a lot of stuff is happening a lot of exciting stuff is happening and people get a taste for that more serious product and i'm kind of hoping you know I'm like i'm really hoping ring of honor is a little like you know no i, I would actually really love to bring of honor was no haha like no like all like like old school mid 80s mid-atlantic like all seriousness, and then like some haha on AEW. Little haha is good, but like I really love like dudes and women going at each other, like pissed off. Like, okay, uh, give me an example. I was working with a lot of amazing people this weekend. It was like the mid Atlantic of shoot houses, okay, this weekend. You had all the, even like even the female talent I wasn't working with, everybody was just top notch. And, you know, and, and, you know, Havoc came in there like a young Dusty setting Florida on fire. And, you know, and everybody was just killing it. And I had several periods where I was frustrated because I wasn't like I would kind of stand around for a few hours and I wasn't shooting. I wasn't helping anybody with their scenes. I wasn't, you know, I thought maybe I would do a little bit of acting, like help, like, you know, come in, deliver in line and then leave. I got to help a couple of people with uh, their scenes, like, you know, in like a creative way. And then you know, I got to shoot some stuff, but there were stretches where, you know, there was me, me just kind of walking around and, you know, again, luckily everybody was awesome, but I got frustrated and I got 
kind of tired because I had this energy because it was like, I'm around, I like all this amazing talent, like put me in coach. I want something. I don't give a shit if I got to play the clueless husband seven times today. Like I'll play the clueless husband. I'll like come in, deliver a line and walk out the door and somebody can fuck my wife. I don't care. Like put me in. I want to be, bit. that's what I want. I want to know. I want one wrestling organization where everybody is just fucking like, is it like the, the competition is I deep here. I'm, I'm fucking hungry. I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking do what I got to do to get a belt and win and, you know, so on and so forth. And, you know, I was frustrated this weekend, not in a bad way. I was frustrated because I was surrounded by so much talent and brilliance that I wanted to do my part. I wanted to keep up. I wanted to go for the title. That's what I want. Fuck the Dark Order. Fuck Orange Cassidy. Fuck anybody that does stupid, goofy shit. I want Grisham and like 12 people chasing his ass. I want the Briscoes and I want and I want FTR. I want a, that guy that Dan Housen had the initial feud with. I can't remember his name, but I liked his energy and his promo style. I want people fucking going for each other's throats. I want that like mid, mid-Atlantic, like this is the place to be. And if I have to step on somebody's neck to stay here, just to stay here, then I'm going to do it. And wait till you see what I'm willing to do to get to the top of the card. I want some fucking seriousness. And, and I want some, you know, like, like genuine you know this thing of like this is the place to be and i'm fucking angry that i'm standing still like that's hello hello yeah i can hear you do you hear me okay okay yeah yeah i can hear you i must have been out i went out for a minute i was trying to talk yeah i didn't think you heard me sorry no, no no i didn't hear you i apologize no because no, okay. no, 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 because... i'm sitting here looking at ddt right and you know they have you know on, on, on wikipedia they have the default or active titles right Yes, they did a partnership with a company that one of their titles was the Gay World Anal Championship. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. Oh, I do not God. want to see the pile driver in that match. <laughs> I, I, might trump, I, I might don't understand. And it ain't much. They, they don't talk about it much. Oh, you think? <laughs> oh, wait a second. It was established in 2005. Are they shitty about the title when you ask them? <laughs> Wait a second. It's not the anal world title. No, no, no. It's the gay anal world title. So they're happy about being really focused on something. <laughs> oh! Now, now, here's the thing. If you're going to do that, then you go all in. Have, like, the Charles St. <laughs> Charles's. Like, if, you, if you're going to do it, have, like, the Tama Finland's versus the Charles St. Charles from the East Village. Like, you know, have, like, oh Mattel special guest referee. Oh, yo. And again, you know what? Um, again, as a, as, a, as a writer and a storyteller, I, I like... I'm going to tell you how embarrassed they are. Me, they have no pictures of this belt. They have no pictures of this fucking title anywhere. <laughs> How about just the, you know what? Again, go with Tom of Finland, just like a big wrench. Like a guy just carries a big wrench or, you know, or like the Leatherman's hat. Like that is, you know, like instead of the king crown, it's just like a Leatherman's, you know, the, whatever. Look, it's, again. I can't believe he lasted for four years. <laughs> here, here's the thing. 
I'm I want I want more gay wrestlers. I want uh, they were doing a thing like this guy uh, Effie and 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 the, another guy he's wrestling for NWA. Yeah, it's huge. And they had this all gay wrestling show, I believe in Orlando or Tampa. Yeah, it's Effie's gay gay brunch. Yeah, and and he's he's a good talent. I follow him on Twitter. Um, and you know the other guy, I can't remember his name, but he's literally he's massive. Uh, and he wrestled for NWA last time I saw, but they had a whole storyline going like fear the gay agenda. And I'm like, this can be awesome. I'm liking where I'm again, I, if you can do it, if you can present it in a respectful way to the gay community, then give me a gay villain. Give me a gay, like again, fear the gay agenda. Okay. You got some kind of storyline you're going to do with this. Give it to me. As long as you're not going to be punching down, I want it. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I, but to me, this kind of, but you know, that just a, within itself, I'm like only in Japan because if they had this title in America, dog, hell would break loose. Japan, Japan is such a unique culture in that there's tentacle porn and there's all this weird sexuality and everything else, but yet. All the Japanese porn, I can't really watch it because either they're fuzzing stuff out or it's very. I'm sorry to say this, but it's very rapey. Like I've yeah. I've dated Japanese women. I have I have had sex with Japanese women, and the Japanese women that I have had sex with in my life do not sound like they like they, they always sound like they're in pain or they're in agony. And like again, it's it's a weird one minute. Like in one minute, they're so liberal and like ten years ahead of us. The next minute, it's like 1940, and I'm like, you know, but yeah, no. See, this is the problem. I I don't know what they're gonna gain for being with DDT. That's what I thought. You know, I know Noah lost a step, and they're trying to regain it. I know New Japan obviously has been in stride. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Gate is still out there. I haven't heard too much about Dragon Gate lately, but I just I don't know, man. I the gay anal. That was just like, man, it's inactive, so. Well, no, sh- oh, really? Well, like, what? Yeah, prostate yeah, problem? yeah, yeah, I, 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 Is it a prostate? I mean, probate? I mean, is it, like. I was just like. That's I don't need to be a pain in the ass about this, but, like, is, did they give a reason? I don't want to make a crack about the title, but is there a reason why it's inactive? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm not, I'm not being cheeky. I'm not being cheeky. I'm genuinely asking, is there... It, it, it never gave a reason why I was active. They they fused it with two other belts to make the extreme title. So it's an, but, so, so they did it like a threesome? Basically. So they docked... So, they, so basically what they did was they docked their gay title. <laughs> and all the progressive people who listen to this are going to get that joke. They docked their world title, so they London Bridge their their title, their gay title. I'm sitting there, I was like, you know, so if you're going to do this stupid shit, you might as well do something like really fun, like the Poppers Battle Royal, you know, where they're just, you know, I mean. I don't know. And, and you know what? And it kind of defeats the purpose of the title if you're going to be so loosey-goosey. I mean, you know, if you're going to invent an anal title and not be dedicated to it, I don't understand, you know, I mean... Oh, you could have, like, you could have the Elton John Memorial, you know, tag team tournament. 
you know, yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, true, 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 true. Uh, or, true, or, or, or you can have a Liberace death match where the the winner has to eat watermelon. <laughs> if you're gonna be shitty and disrespectful to an entire Damn, community, be shitty and disrespectful. <laughs> if you're gonna be shitty and disrespectful to a community that literally is about nothing but love and acceptance, then go all in and try to get some of that John Waters. So maybe you might get like go kind of go all the way around. So like uh, they might be like, oh, okay, it's it's kitsch, fucking gay ale. J- j- fuck you, really? Just I. Oh my god! I, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I had to bring it up because that. I'm that sorry, but to the, shit community, to the gay community, the LBGT community, I mean, every gay. I mean, the the flag is a fucking rainbow. They endure. I mean, literally, the, the people that are supposed to govern them are making, trying to make laws that you can't even say somebody's gay. They're trying to make laws so that people can beat up your children. And the same thing with the black community. These people, everything out of their mouth and everything that they do and all the praise and all the festival they have is literally nothing but colors and love and acceptance. And that no matter how weird you are, there's a home here and the whole nine and just people gotta just take a shit on it and it's like you know it really makes you realize how shitty straight people are when when it's just and and i think i I think we're we're about to enter tax season i think every gay person should get a little just like every black person oh actually i don't think black people should have to pay taxes but like every gay person should get like a discount uh for not slapping the shit out of somebody gay fucking But shoot, so but like I said, I'm it that's gonna be interesting within itself. Now also, which I'm perusing the news is, um, which um we're about to get well, of course the WrestleMania card is shaping up, as people know. And interesting tidbit that Omos is going to go against supposed supposed to go against Bobby Lashley. If he's able to make it back for WrestleMania, uh, who's supposed to wrestle Bobby Lashley? Omos. Who the fuck is Omos? The big tall, the big tall black giant. Fuck. Oh, okay. Okay. Bobby. Bobby. Remember when I said? Remember when I said that black people shouldn't pay taxes? I want you to remember that when they, when the white guy makes you go out and wrestle the black elegante. I just want you to remember. <laughs> That the one white dude was on your side, Bobby. Bobby, please. Like, this, like I, I just, I'm reaching out to you. My co-host will vouch for me. I'm one of the good ones. Like, of, of the three of us, I'm like the one of the three. Please. So. Oh, my God. Oh. I, when I saw it, I said, it's just funny how the black champions have just fallen off when it comes to WWE. We have... Biggie, who is now recovering from a broken neck, prior to that broken neck, was pushed so far down the card that we didn't even know if he was going to have a WrestleMania match anyway. Bobby Lassie, who got hurt, of course, he comes back not to get a shot at the title. No, 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 no. Not even a great match. No, 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 no. no. He has to now carry a green seven-foot, 300-some-odd-pound giant who has probably as much experience in the ring as I do. 
Okay. And I don't want to talk about Kofi. No, Kofi's a that's like the that's like the first great law, love of your life yeah. breaking your heart. It's like that. It's kind of like it, it. It was. It was in another universe. It was in the multiverse that uh, Kofi had the title. And here's the funny thing: you you missed one thing. They were fucking with Bobby's title run before he even got hurt. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. We it, like I was given DDT. I, I have I have no idea what they were trying to go for with the anal title, so I was giving them a lot of shit. Just all the other fans, yeah. they were being shitty, like dickheads about the. Yeah. Like, I can't stop at the puns. Um, but they have fucked over every black champion, and it's not even that. It's like any new. I saw a tweet today. I I woke up. I basically slept all day. I went for a walk. I grabbed something from the store, and then uh, I had like. A couple hours to myself. I haven't been on social media. I haven't had a chance to thank anybody from the shoot house. I kind of today was kind of a recovery day. Uh, I saw one tweet about McIntyre saying he was he had two title reigns and he never wrestled in front of the fans. I'm like, yeah. And whose fault is that? It's WWE's fault for fucking building the guy up and then just just basically dropping him in the nanosecond by having him like again wrestle the Apex Predator and lose and then lose again. And, you know, like any new, it's like, you know, eventually Randy's going to have to retire. Like he, yeah. he throws out his shoulder by stretching. Brock is, you know, really, uh, I, you know, again, like he, he, and even if he wrestles more, that's just going to take away the shine. You're gonna, you're, you're, you got the one stole cold thing. You're running out of old legends to, to shit on your new guys with. You're going to actually have to uh, fucking, give these guys like a decent run and again you know the same thing with um with Braun Breaker it's like you, you just put it on him why are you taking the like, belt off of him they, they uh, should have uh, just waited till Stan delivered to give him the belt I and mean, still had the storyline with Ziggler getting the title but getting it from Chamonix look like again thing with Grisham you, okay by all accounts if WWE he he, he'll, he'll, he would never. He, he's short. He's black. He's talented. He's a wrestler. He would fail miserably in the WWE. He has braces. Oh god, they wouldn't even bring him in. Okay, so but all these different independent companies that really don't have anything—they're all doing their own thing, but they're kind of talking to each other. And this one consistent thing, and it, a lot of this credit goes to Grisham and his work ethic and his talent, but also to the promoters and the companies. Everywhere he goes, he's winning a tournament. He's winning a title. He's he's beating somebody, and 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 he's being presented even on Twitter as a big deal. He he yeah. presented that I genuinely thought until a few days ago he was six foot. Okay, he's literally being projected. That's how you build one guy and a bunch of independents from across the world that probably communicate over cell phones. Okay have done a better job of pushing a black champion. And now a new company, now company is about to become new again. And if they're smart, they're going to let it win and continue on because, and not only that, but if you bring in Jay Lethal right there is a natural storyline that once he beats Bandito and he can get Jay Bandito. Right and here's the thing. One quick side note. You also give Bandito a guaranteed contract because he is a talent. And you figure yeah. out some way to make him more accessible, but you give him a guaranteed contract. But, you know, there's a story there with Lethal. 
where you can do a thing where Lethal turns heel, and there is your million-dollar feud for Grisham to keep escalating him, plus you're using Jay Lethal in a way that he deserves to be used at. And that's the kind of feud. Jay Lethal versus Grisham is the kind of feud where you can trade the title a bunch of times because yeah. the matches are so great. The WWE would never can't do that anymore. A bunch of one guy and a bunch of independent promotions doing their own thing managed to make a black <laughs> champion seem bigger than he is and important. My wife knows who she he uh he is. Never seen him wrestle, but knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that hard, but the WWE doesn't want to be in the wrestling business. Oh no, no, they want to be sports entertainers. Not e- I don't even know what the fuck they want to be anymore. Because it's not entertaining. It's not <laughs> no, entertaining. It's it's you know basically if we did the podcast we should do an episode for Halloween. Yeah. We're gonna do the first podcast as a costume episode. We're gonna play. We're gonna be for one episode in October. We're gonna be our costume is gonna be the WWE, and we're gonna talk about everything else other than wrestling. We're gonna talk about potholders. We're gonna talk about <laughs> hey, don't you hate it when you rip that little piece of nail on your finger out and then your nail kind of bleeds and it's really sore for a couple of days and you always bang it. We're gonna talk about everything in the most non-linear manner you'll be talking about your car tires and i'll be talking about like mushrooms and that's going to be our costume it's going to be the wwe episode that's what they are they're not even entertaining we're going to give them three hours of what the fuck are these two idiots talking about and and we're just going to put a big fucking w on the promo when we put it on twitter to promote the episode yeah because i mean to me when when I sit there, I look at like the build for the WrestleMania with with WWE. It's kind of like it's not. It, how can I put this? I see maybe, for example, okay, so we already know Ro- Roman and Brock. That build we already know that's good because that's that's the match that they're banking on. Um. I can say the Bianca Belair and the Becky, I like their build way better than that of Ronda Rousey and Flair. Because it's kind of like, it's kind of like, look, this is how I'm looking at it, right? Like, for example, what trips me out is you got Flair who Technically, how can I put this? It's technically a wrestler. Ronda Rousey is supposed to be the badass. You having her literally dominate Ronda in a way that you would, I guess because they're making Flair the heel, but it's kind of like you really making Ronda look weak. <laughs> you really making her look weak. Hello. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just shaking my head. Like I'm trying to be, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I, again, for the sake of the show, I'm trying to be diplomatic. Like I just, it's really. It's, Man, bro, they, 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 we keep it real here. God damn it. I'm not. It, to me, it, like I said before, to me, if you're gonna sit here and Ronda Rousey, it like this to the point that you're pushing it to where Ronda Rousey. Which is kind of sad. I just, Can I even do? I even want to see them as a main event. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like my thing is I, uh, I, I, 
if I if I got the ability to control the WWE, I'm not gonna lie, I would shut it down for six months. I would, uh, if I had control, I would literally uh, just redo all the libraries. I would set a bunch of projects in motion, and I would fire pretty much everybody backstage, and I would try to recapture everybody that the WWE let go like a bunch of idiots and I would just literally start from the ground up and just you know or at the very minimum I hope Tony or somebody really rich can get a hold of those libraries that they own so that you know uh, you can just get that anything that WWE can't anything that WWE doesn't have or or can't misrepresent or bury is is a benefit to the wrestling business they are literally uh, uh just an absolute cancer on everything and it it just and it doesn't need to be this bad and it it's just this ongoing thing and again the only reason why i think the wrestlers put up with it for the for the few like roman and brock and like seth or whatever where they've hit this level where they they do get to tell vince to go fuck himself to a degree basically if you're a wrestler, the only reason I could see why you would sign with them is you want to buy a house or you want to start a college one for your kids. That is literally the only reason I could see I, like anything else. It has no cachet anymore. Like it used to be you want to end your career in the WWE or have a run or do something. Now it's like, like again, with Ricochet, when Owens, when everybody, I'm like, why are you going? You're you're gonna fucking you're gonna slowly die there, and you're gonna nothing's gonna come of it, you know. Um, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's or or you're gonna go there and disappear for two or three years, and then you're gonna get a big indie push because you've been buried for three years. Everybody's been wondering where you are, like like uh, Sammy uh, Cahill, who actually mm-hmm. now that I think of it, I haven't heard anything about in a while, but he he was doing well, signed. But didn't do shit for like two years and then then hit the indies and you know had a run uh but i mean it just see what's crazy is that outside of the match that we just named because well except for the rousing and flair um because like, even with Be- bianca belair and uh becky it's gonna be hair versus title which we already know what's gonna happen there Bianca finally gets the title run. Um, but I just got a feeling is is they even gonna let her have a long title run? That's the kicker. Well, if the fans want it, then no. <laughs> She'll have it for about one pay-per-view, one title defense, and that's it. Well it's, the next time I she lose. And and I just realized she is like the anti Undertaker in that she's never won at WrestleMania, right? Nope. She no, nah, she no. Nope. No, she has not won in WrestleMania. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, I mean, I'm gonna watch it because I have to. But I just, and, and I again, think she's dude, gonna go over this time because it's kind of Bianca. It, it's kind of like how can I put this? I think what they did was they wanted to have Becky back as champ because Becky reign was broken up, and they wanted to finish out her reign. Yeah, but- which, which I, I understand. I I don't get the logic because me myself, you could have just had Bianca hold the belt all this time and then take the belt off of with WrestleMania, so Becky can have a WrestleMania moment, whether she's a heel or a face. 
but because it's kind of like you 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 kind of <laughs> it's like put it this way what's the whole purpose of if you wanted Becky to have the time for a long run to where she didn't have to worry about Bianca but so much have Bianca get the victory I mean to me I would have did things differently you know I wouldn't have had Becky go over I wouldn't have Becky in the match and would have Becky doing you know saying finally make it back to the title what have you but I guess the way that they wanted to do it was to make her more heel and get more heat. But it, it, okay, but you, so here's the problem: you, if you want to bring Becky back and have her be a heel, then you have her do something dastardly or do something shitty. You take away the thing that people like, like you know, um, like Daniel does when he's like doing the ten punches and he stops yeah. at nine and he, and he takes away the ability for the crowd to go ten. You know, yeah. you do shit like that. You went through all this trouble to build up Bianca. And like I said, Bianca even won me over it. I was not happy when she won last year at WrestleMania. But then, mm-hmm. and again, I am somebody who I, I, if I'd rather die on the hill of trying to succeed than stay at base camp. Like, like again, mm-hmm. I was amongst amazing people this weekend and I was frustrated because I felt like I wasn't doing enough you know, and, mm-hmm. and and whatever, and and I saw that in her finally, and I was like, "All right, you got me. Let's. All right, I'm in." And then you do all that work, and and again, and and essentially they did what they do with like when they bring back a legend, mm-hmm. and you just shadow, and then you didn't do anything to at least repair the thing you damaged, and mm-hmm. it's just it's lazy. It's like it's like a quick fix. Like okay, we'll just put the belt back on Becky. Just put the belt back on Becky, you know. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna have them switch brands, so they're just well, we'll just have them trade belts in the middle of the ring because we mm-hmm. say this. You know, it's literally the most. It's it's literally pissing in somebody's beer the way they do this, and and it makes me mad that I'm in porn sometimes because I realize had I stayed with writing and I had some stuff published on like little know nothing websites and whatever had i stayed and i was a good i was a good writer i'm still a good writer but i mean had i really focused i could probably got the job with wwe and i don't wouldn't and i wouldn't even have to be good because like this garbage but shit, look, look even if you did write it ain't like vince gonna accept it oh no i don't but, think wait, i like that that's hey, i'm sorry like if you're gonna stay I'm there sorry. and take the check you gotta you gotta and again also like uh, you know what? The thing is, they they hire people who don't even know anything about wrestling. wrestling. They and and look now on the surface of it, if you're a writer, or jobs job, a writer writes. The, mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, uh, that the the black girl, uh, she was a comedian. She didn't. Mm-hmm. She got hired by WWE. She was a comedian. She wasn't even like a top comedian, but she did the. She basically said. Yeah, they hired me. I don't know anything about wrestling. She said something about Bobby Lashley, even. Yeah. And she got fired. She didn't know who the champion was. That what it was. She didn't know who the champion was. Yeah, she got fired. Now, here's the thing. It's not her. She took a job. It's not her fault that she took a job. It's her fault that she, who, from what I've seen, was a smart girl. But she did something really fucking stupid in that. Uh, And she did a very millennial thing, in my opinion. And this is just Mm -hmm. my opinion, in that. Okay, sweetheart, you 
you, 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 I wouldn't tell nobody that. <laughs> well, no, you got a job. Okay, you you it's a job, it's money, um, and your heart. You need to know about the thing you're gonna like. You did no research, and and and, the, and her tone, I think, is what really pissed people off. Where she was just like, yeah, you know, like almost like she was better than wrestling. I'm sure she didn't mean mm-hmm. it to come off that way, but that's how it came off. And it's like, look, you're not even a top comedian. I don't even know how many comedy clubs you've been passed at to like turn you like, you know. You might want to know because not when, many because I would have faked it or at least got you know a little bit. How can I put this? If nothing else, I would know the champions. Well, that's I mean, that. damn, you can find out on Wikipedia. I, again, I worked in the restaurant business uh, up until recently, like the pandemic, all mm-hmm. like in one, at least one foot in it at all times. And mm-hmm. when you go to a bar or you go to a restaurant and you apply for the job, you, 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 when you go in to apply, you don't just need to know how to wait tables or bartender or whatever. You kind of, it helps very much so to do some research on the restaurant you're, the restaurants you're applying to because the menu is very important to them. Their dishes, like you may hate Mexican food, but if you're going to go work at a Mexican restaurant, you're going you to need to know about, and, and not only that, but you need to know the shit when you go for the interview. And it's the WWE's fault for not requiring uh, somebody who quote unquote says they're a but, writer. But, but, but once again, what he say, I, we, I don't like professional wrestling. Anyone can professional wrestler. Only, only entertainers entertain. Well, here's but, a funny but thing. But you're, you're pushing a pro wrestling product. Well, you want here's a funny thing. Uh, here's a little insider secret for all the guys that want to be male talent, especially when I shoot a lot uh, or I shoot a lot of days in a row and you got to constantly work and get hard and work and you're fucking different women and and you're also constantly shaving so you're not hurting people with your stubble i go home every night and i sit in a very hot tub full of epsom salt and just let and i just soak to and that actually helps wonders and i uh essentially not to tmi uh, examine my penis to make sure that no like whatever scrapes yeah just to make sure whatever whatever damages or dings that doesn't get out of hand and everything Staring at my limp, flaccid dick with no personality in a tub of hot water at three in the morning, way mm. more entertaining. And I find my dick highly entertaining. But even this, <laughs> even this, this is not one of his better moments. Actually, I call her she because only a woman. Only I call her she mainly because it never listens to anything I say and it aggravates the shit out of me. But, um, but you know, it, that is more entertaining than any WWE event or, re- or match so you're failing at least if you were entertaining in some way mm. okay but you're not but yes no my dick is a she i call her i call her jolene because you know of the song just like jolene it just, just never it aggravates the fuck out of me never does anything i say but, <laughs> and, and i always wind up doing something i don't want to do it's you know i was like oh i'm married before i'm married so you know it just uh yeah oh my god and that was some interesting facts from Billy Pilgrim. <laughs> well, you know, and here's the funny thing. If you're listening to this show and you're like, I didn't need to know any of that or where the fuck are these guys going with this, that's how bad the program- programming is. You just we went through all that because their shit is so bad. It sent us on this weird, broken, yellow brick road 
of fucking what the fuck are you doing? Oh my god! It, even to the point that now it's been reported that Cody has finally signed this deal. He actually signed this deal, I think, a week or so ago. What about and Brandy? Trying, uh, Brandy, for what I understand, she signed a TV deal for her cooking show. Oh, for what I understand. Oh, um, so yes, yes, it's it's with D I G A Studios for a TV cooking show. So uh, so we'll be seeing uh Brandy with Brandy or whatever the hell it is that we'll see on YouTube TV wise. But but off of that, because we can give two shits about her, other than the fact she is sexy as fuck, but that ain't the point. Um they're gonna try to pigeonhole somehow Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes because Seth does not have a program that we know of going into WrestleMania. And they really want uh, Cody Rhodes, now he can use his last name, to be the guy that Seth Rollins have. Now, I think wait, we're two weeks out from WrestleMania. I don't know what kind of build they're going to come with this. And even if the build even worth it, and why they're so why not just wait till after WrestleMania to premiere uh Cody? I mean, are they that worried that they're not going to sell tickets? Uh you know, here's the problem. It's it's the brand name. It's like the Super Bowl. People who don't like football will go to the Super Bowl. It it's kind of the reason why I don't go to big festival shows because essentially it just draws assholes. My theory is, if you and I uh, like the Ramones, and we go mm. once you get past like I don't know, like a thousand people, you you know, we, like if you're at a small club and we're watching the Ramones, everybody is here strangers, but we all got something in common with the music, so we're all kind of a tribe. When you get to the big Lollapalooza, you know, Coachella, you're getting people who have stuff in common, but also you're getting an influx of just fucking idiots that want to come, start trouble, mm-hmm. do drugs, jackassery. So I, I think they're going to sell the tickets. And even if they mm-hmm. don't, they're going to spit it in the way that they're going to they somehow make it positive. It. But it's WrestleMania. People are going to go. WrestleMania or WWE fans, which, again, and I'm not, we're not the only podcast to say this. There's wrestling fans, and then there's WWE fans. And WWE fans will just go, and they will spend money, and they will watch whatever. And those fans, basically what they're, what they're trying to do, I think, by premiering Cody is a pop. So here's Stone Cold, the pop. Here's this. Here's a pop. And then, oh, here's the appearance of Cody, and there's a pop. And, you know, they're just trying to make it a, as big a deal as possible. Like I said, they – a, a fucking poster for WrestleMania that, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. They had no wrestlers on it! <laughs> it's literally the biggest fucking wrestling show of the year! And there's no wrestling! It's like having a porn! It's like, it's a porn with an empty bedroom. There's just sheets and pillows and a fucking duvet, whatever the fucking duvet is. I used to think it was a French midget, but apparently it has something to do with a bed. You have a wrestling poster with no wrestlers, and people are actually going to argue that, no, the WD product is good. You know what? I, I'm going to play, I would make a great Malcolm X in the next movie the way the WWE is putting out a good product. 
I would make a better I'm like that's how that's that's like the reason. No, no. Did you hear the reason of why they decided to go with the two nights instead of the one night? You're gonna love this. They said they felt that seven hours was too long and it dragged. So they decided to do two nights instead. Yeah, well, that's what they're saying. But but what they know that people are going to come from all around the world and spend the money. So it's a way of gassing. And again, they're it's they're, a money grab. Because they're a all they have to do company was now, one night, so four hours, and it would have been perfect. But no, because they you know why? Again, publicly traded company, and and it's not about the fans. It's not about the employees. It's not about the wrestlers. Who, by the way, I don't give a fuck who works in the fuck. Fuck, uh, 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 whatever the guy Khan, whatever his name is, fuck Tony Khan. No, 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 not Tony Khan. I forgot his, the Khan dude name. Sarah I Khan his name or whatever so. the fuck his name is. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> fuck him. Fuck every accountant or every person that thinks they're hot shit because they sit behind a desk and they went to college. And fuck every single shareholder that owns a WWE stock. The most important. Employees and the only reason why anything is worth more than a nickel is the people that get in that ring and put their bodies on the line. Okay, those are the only those are the most important people, but they get treated like the least important. And they're doing this because it's a two day, like you said, it's a week long money grab because these fans and look, you and I could shit on it, but these. The people that are gonna go there are gonna have fun, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna have a ball. Shit, they're, gonna, they're gonna it's a big fat money grab. So that way, a bunch of jerk offs that cry, that have money, and then get on a on a on a that annual call with stockholders and cry that they didn't make that extra ten cents on the stock this quarter, can be appeased. That's basically it. It's like you know, it's basically like you and me bitching. Oh, I didn't get laid this week. Like really, I hope your fucking feet fall off. Fuck. Fuck both of okay, <laughs> you know that's the one thing I'm. I could be a miserable fuck. It's in my nature. I, I unfortunately the, uh, the the first half of my life was not a pleasant one. So I, I could be an easily aggravated, miserable, curmudgeonly prick. It's it's unfortunately it's in my nature. I I try to put that on the shelf as much as I can. But the one thing I never bitch about is pussy. I, I you know I I you know and and it's. And 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 uh, the but the thing with rich people is they're the first people to cry poverty and they're the first people to bitch that they didn't make that extra like dollar, you know. Mom is turning tricks in a broken down little Camino with a tarp over it, uh, trying to feed her, make sure her kids can have school lunch tomorrow. And fucking, uh, you know, the CEO of Papa John's is pissed because you know he's only able to buy three yachts last year. So, you know, that's the thing. It's like, we got to appease the rich people or the people that own the stock. It's a money grab. And (laughs) that's it. I just, I don't mean to go off on tirades, but it's just, yeah. Oh, it's, you know what it's just, Oh my God. It's so bad. So look, this is what we're going to be. It doesn't need to be this bad. This is what we're going to do. We're going to leave that here. We're going to take a break. So we can talk about the, so y'all can talk about the premium smoke room. And we'll be right back to talk about more WAW as well as old to the old school. You can take a 
as long as break as you want. I'm still not going to fucking figure out what the fuck they're trying to do over at WWE. You know? <laughs> when when hey, you man. come back, I'm going to have no answers for you. You take all the breaks you want, <laughs> motherfucker. Right? You're going to come back to an empty fucking, I got nothing. Hey, man. We'll be right back. Having yeah. these messages. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at Shop gwdistrict.com that's shop gwdistrict.com the gw district a retail marketplace of black owned products and media that's right that's right Still no answers. I got nothing for you. <laughs> and we're back for break. Uh, and, uh, by the way, uh, normally I never tell you how to edit the show or promote it because you're the you're the brains behind this whole big uh 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 a burgeoning empire that you're building, but literally, I want my rant about when you do the audio clip for this show. I want oh, no, my rant about there's funny. nobody, there's no wrestlers on the goddamn poster for WrestleMania. I want that on the, the fucking thing so they can't be heard by enough people that they literally the biggest. I don't give a shit if AEW goes on for the next hundred years. I don't give a shit if the MWA comes back to full force. WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl, and you literally have a poster with the antithesis of what the fucking thing is about. Again, it's like a porn with an empty. It's like oh, it's just an empty room. Oh, oh, it's the Super Bowl. Look, no There's bed, no just, just, just no bed, no furniture, no carpet, just, just you know the room. The World Cup is coming up. Do you, do you, do you know a bunch of amputees? <laughs> because look. The push, it, like this, is sad that y'all doing a better job of pushing the Johnny Knoxville and what's his damn name? Uh, see, they have terrible I do not like this match. Sami Zayn match. First of all, I'm glad that they took the title from Sami Zayn because if they had that intercontinental title involved in that match, I would have felt, I really would have felt some type of way. And anything goes match. I, I, I don't. Again, and John Knoxville, I like him as like an actor, but the guy, and he can't do much because it's widely known. Like he's he's had even problems with his. Y'all could have like, got Stephen Amell or the other like, guy that asked for Stephen Amell on heels. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like the guy actually literally has problems with his he like or at least he did at one time with his dick because he took so much punishment from doing these jackass movies. So if he's in good health now, like how much is he willing to do? And also, these guys are again a lot of these guys are like really talented wrestlers and they can protect people, but but half the work has to be done by the other person. So if they have to do both jobs that doubly protect like these people, especially somebody like Johnny Knoxville, which I don't want to see him get hurt, but it's like, okay, you don't really, you know how to, you know how to take a beating, obviously like Johnny Knoxville is a tough motherfucker, but we're in front of a live crowd. And I have to like drop you on your head six times, 12 times in the next five minutes. 
you know, are you going to be able to, you might be able to take the fall the right way once or twice. But when we get five minutes in and you start getting tired because you're an actor, you're not supposed to be in wrestling shape. I mean, uh, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Paul Hogan. Uh, uh, yeah, even with that, I'm like, the only, again, like, the only he's not in wrestling shape. Is Pat McAfee. Now I'm looking forward to seeing him. Because Pat can go. But also you know, period. Okay, yeah. again, he's not a, he doesn't want to be a full time wrestler. Yeah. And you got a guy like Austin Theory that I saw him in a documentary before he signed with the WWE. Everybody and their grandmother is saying that this guy is gonna be the next fucking whatever. Are you going to bury this kid by having him lose to somebody that I think honestly has had what one match, and and not even an impressive football player? I'm sorry, he was a punter, not even a field goal kicker. He punted, okay. And he's a big dude, and he's athletic, and he respects the wrestling business. And you know, I get it. And I would leave him on commentary, but you're are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna have him beat? Austin Theory, or you know, who who has this unchecked potential? I mean, it's and I think they would, because they think, and again, they think they oh, we can we can make it better later. Like, no, you can't. No, you can't. If Austin Theory leaves the WWE and goes to AEW or goes anywhere else, if he goes to my garage, he could do better and recover from the loss. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. It, because my thing of it is, is yeah, would you have McAfee go over? No. Because the issue I would never my, have a celebrity McAfee, go over ever. I would have the villain lose somehow to an actual wrestler and then. Uh, but McAfee ain't a heel, though. But he, he's, no, actually he's not a wrestler. It's just, I, like, the wrestler. Again, here's the thing. Here's the problem. Uh, and we're not talking about what the wrestler. The, the guy, like also theory is going to get a big payday and so on and so forth. He has to show up Monday, or or whatever day his show is on. He has to go, you know, the next to every house show. He's he's got to be there every day. You don't you don't you know you don't you don't fuck with the people that got to be there every day. You protect them. Even if and here's the thing, if you if they knew what they were doing. There's a way to have them lose and still protect them, but they that is not even in the conversation. So, really, the only way to protect them is have them win. And have them win and then have some kind of immediate comeuppance after the bell rings. But Austin Theory is going to be there tomorrow. McAfee has he is established that he will say, fuck you, and walk off if he... If he doesn't, if he is spoken to in a certain way, or if his feelings mm. are hurt, or if he gets upset, he's going to take his ball and go home. So good for him. I'm kind of the same way, but uh, Austin Theory is not. So you, 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 you protect the person. You know, Austin. You protect Austin Theory is my opinion because Austin Theory is the guy that's going to be, you know, benefiting my business. You know, to down the road. I mean, you know, and again, uh, and Pat McAfee has a position in life where he could do that. He could just go fuck this and leave. Uh, but yeah, I who, I don't know. Like, unless you're going to do something big or something to protect him, no, Austin Theory should win because this kid has he's all upside, and 
it's bad enough he's in the WWE and God knows what's going to happen to him. But I mean, in a couple of years, if you had real wrestling people running the, the fucking company, I could see Austin Theory versus Braun Breaker, a.k.a. Steiner, at a WrestleMania main eventing. And they're on the poster of the biggest fucking wrestling event. You have two wrestlers, Austin Theory, Steiner, future wrestlers on the fucking poster. And then, like some celebrities, they ring a bell. They 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 they, they do high kicks at the Rockettes. They come out and wave. You don't have him in the fucking ring. I love Elvira. I love Elvira. I love the woman that plays Elvira, and she was part of WrestleMania. And she did her little shtick. She didn't get in the ring. She showed the tits. She made a joke. That's what we lo- That's why we love Elvira. You you know now now in this day and age, Elvira would have to go in there and do who Karana or Tobo Gijo out of the ring onto somebody or or do you know a Tennessee two step on somebody's head, you know without the benefit of a tit pop it out, you know it's it's a wrestling event. You have the fucking wrestlers win or at the very minimum, don't make them look bad. They're gonna make everybody who's wrestling a celebrity is gonna look like such a bag of shit. I guarantee it. I guarantee fucking tea. They're gonna look like a bag of shit. Yeah, and I mean the only thing. Hey, they're gonna they're willing to take the paycheck. So hey, you know. I mean, uh, where I get it is to me. I probably see it. We probably will review it. We even gonna do a preview on the next. In, in, I mean, next we got Unfortunately, you know, again, we talked about we're a new show and we're building, yeah. and you can't. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. If you're if we have loyal listeners, I'm gonna tell you right now, and I'll never lie to you. I'm probably gonna do that podcast with no I'm probably gonna do it on the toilet because I'm that's how much shit I'm gonna be given the pay-per-view I don't want to take a chance of fucking up my chair I might literally do it pantsless on the toilet because the amount of shit I'm gonna be dumping on it because it's probably gonna be the fucking most agonizing goddamn thing I've ever seen and I've been living my life a long time and that's saying something so uh you know it's it's just <sighs> I mean, it makes me long for Orange Cassidy. Wear, wear sweatpants when you need them. I'm saying, which, <clears throat> which is fucking Orange crazy. Cassidy, so- Orange Julius, you know, Orange Bold, something, anybody, come, please. T- Calgon, take me away from this uh, fucking wrestling event. So, so, which, of course, we talked a little AWA news because there really ain't nothing else to talk about with WWE. Um, the big thing. For AW was the women's cage match, um, which I did happen to get a chance to watch. I went, I went and looked at it on YouTube, and I listened to many opinions upon it or what have you. Me, I don't have an issue with um, how can I put this? I don't have an issue with women bleeding. No, I love it. It's like oh, the cage match, um. But I expected better from this cage match. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. But you lost me with the chairs. Now, the, be- the the brutal beating, the throwing each other to the cage. Now y'all throwing chairs, stacking chairs. Um, To me, this is how I look at it. If you're going to have a women's cage match, you don't need to have the thumbtacks too tough. I understand they want to do that because 
you can't have a cage match or any match that has a stipulation and you don't bring thumbtacks. Well, I love the fact, I think it was JR or somebody made a comment about, like, why is there thumbtacks under the ring? Or who puts thumbtacks under the ring? Uh, but I'm it's sorry, a, go ahead. I mean, how more brutal? It like this. First of all, it's two women in a cage. Okay, right there, the brutality is probably going to be nice because women can be very brutal in wrestling. They can be yeah. brutal at brunch. Thank you. I'm just saying. So you got them in a cage already. Now you add in the chairs and thumbtacks. It's not needed. They could have had just a physical-ass match with the cage, using the cage as a weapon, you know, or what have you. So it's like I said, I if I had to do a four out of five, I mean a, a one out of five, I would have gave up three, man, because I it, it took me out when they brought the chairs and the thumbtacks. I was like, uh, yeah, and I mean, I thought they finally because I had to go back and watch the match that they won match of the year last year for, but the last couple of matches they've had, they something seemed off. Obviously, they weren't good matches because something was off, and maybe it was because of a naggy injury or just their, their days. Like, you know, again, like we're performers. I did one scene and I, it, you would have thought I was the greatest porn star ever. And then I did a scene where I was like, I, this so sucks that I refuse to even, I will never own it. You can put it out if you want, but I want nothing to do with this match or this scene. It was garbage. I put the blame on myself, whatever. Um, they, I liked it. Because I felt like they found their groove. I will say the thing with the chairs, it was kind of, I felt like an homage to Terry Funk because throwing the piles. And and I I thought they were going to do a Jerry Lawler, Austin Idol swerve where somebody came out from under the ring. Uh, but nobody did. I will give a little shout out to um, Britt Baker in that. While she was doing the fucking thing of setting up this whole erector set of chairs, she went over and kicked or punched Thunder Rosa to keep her down. Yeah. Because it was taking, which, again, it seems, first of all, okay, don't make an erector set of chairs, but you got at least she had the brains in her head to go over. Right, yeah, let me keep this person down. I hate when they do that. You sit here, you take all this time to set up whatever you're setting up. And you don't think to go over there and punch and kick the dude a little bit and choke him out to keep it's, him down so he wouldn't get up. It's a thing of it's a, that thing is like you got to give them that because the crowd is expecting it. But as performers, they should realize uh, you could train the crowd to just you know. I mean, again, like that's how you stand out. Do something different. If everybody's setting up big erector sets of chairs or, or doing the 12 man pile, like standing uh, suplex where everybody's like, there's like four dudes stacked on top of each other. They all do a suplex. You don't do that. And you train the crowd, you know, again, because the crowd is receptive to the right psychology and the right thing, you know, I mean, and honestly, if, people are going to pout that there are not a lot of broken tables or thumbtacks or, or erector set chair pyramids. Fuck them. There's enough wrestling out there and there's literally thousands of promotions that give you that in every match on their card. You're not going to starve for that. You know, like you want to stand out, don't do that shit. But Britt Baker, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that she does. Yeah. You went over and you kicked her and you did the thing, you know, 
I was like, you know, I noticed that and I was like, I was, I was appreciative of it because I think they were trying to do a balance of let's make the little spot monkey fans happy. Here you go. Here's the big fucking thing. But at the same time, we're both pro wrestlers. So I'm going to go over and kick you in the teeth. Because uh, ironically, there's WWE fans. And then with the wrestling fans, there is that group of fans that they don't give. They want the, the stupid comedy that makes no sense. They want the you literally almost if we couldn't get a helicopter, you would have died today. Kind of death matches. And they want the the. 27 tables, the thumbtacks, the the uh, ridiculous pyramid of chairs and tables. Because and it doesn't and the, and it doesn't matter how many times in a card you do it, they they just love to see it. And and I think that that is a very vocal minority, a fan, and they get their way a little too much. It's like okay, you can you know fine give them in a in a match, but you know don't you know like I said. There's a lot of it out there. They're they'll they'll make a big stink, but they're not really gonna leave. You know, they'll yeah. get mad, but they're not gonna they'll still come to an AEW show. You know, they'll say they're not gonna go and then they'll go. So, you know, I think that little majority is loud and and they want their spots. You know, and and the wrestlers, you know, I mean look, like I said about porn, we do these stupid positions. We make I'm fucking my stepdaughter porn or, um, or, uh, you know, the, my black neighbor is fucking my white wife. Why? Because the fans want it. The wrestlers stack up the chairs because, because the fans want it. Uh, but sometimes you got to give them something different and for the health of everything, but also to stand out, you got to do something a little different or do it in a different way to make it new again. So, I mean, I don't know how you do that, as far as a bunch of chairs in the ring, but uh, I liked the match, and and I it actually it kind of made me a little misty eyed. Uh, Thunder Rosa's reaction because her reaction was so genuine that it I I almost believed that you know maybe mid match Britt said, "Oh, by the way, you're going to win tonight," and then you know on the fly, you know took the pin in the middle of the match i mean like her reaction was so genuine and i hadn't seen a reaction like that in so long and dustin came out to hug her it kind of made me a little misty-eyed i liked it i liked that reaction of you know of the passion of of wrestling and, and she won the title she finally won and she'd been put through hell and and she won and to me that made the match like that really kind of did it for me you know, because not since Ron Simmons winning the world title and seeing that one kid crying in the audience and everything, yeah. seeing Ron just like, ah, you know, uh, you know, you really don't see that anymore. And it was in Thunder Rosa. I like I really believed it. Like she she re- she did the, the thing that wrestlers are the reason why wrestlers are magic. She reached out and touched my cynical ass, miserable, black, shitty, condescending Fuck you, you miserable bastard heart, and and did a uh, Cindy Lou Who on me, and and you know, kind of got me a little misty eyed, you know, and uh, that, you know, that's the magic of wrestling. You know, she made me believe that she didn't realize she was gonna win until she, until she heard the three count, you know, and that's that right there is why I like AEW, and why AEW has won me over. It's like little moments like that. Well, I will put up with the George Coolest gang, and I'll put up with sweatpants. And everything because 
I I that I got to have that moment. I had had that moment in the in a long long time. Yeah. So shoot. So I. That's it. I'm glad that they, they, they put the belt on her. Also, we finally had the blow, the true blow up with MD, the MJF and uh, the wonderful Wardlow, um, which we already know what's about to happen with that. Wardlow probably go against uh, what's his damn name? Spears. Uh, yeah, Spears first. Then probably uh, MJF of some kind. Which uh, Brian Avery brought a good point, which I thought about too, because he's still under contract. So I know they might have the contract stipulation somewhere in there. Um, but will Wardlow win the war? And would you have him go over on MJF? Me, uh, I say, yeah, um, because MJF can take the loss, and you're not got the MJF going for no title right now. So and plus the fans want to see that come up. It's by the way the giant built it. Yeah, they're gonna feed him Spears, and they're probably gonna feed him probably some other wrestlers. Or like I, honestly, how I would do it, I would steal, I would blatantly steal the old uh, the old Memphis trick of um, when when Jerry Lawler was feuding with uh, with Jimmy Hart, and they would bring in. Like every week or every month, they would bring in a new like superstar that to try to hurt Lawler, you know, uh, like you know Jimmy Hart's army, you know, versus the first family versus Jerry Lawler. So Jerry Lawler would beat Kamala, beat uh, John the Duke. He would beat Austin Neri, you know, and so like having. But see, here's the thing, though, they done kind of done that before with MJF because it always been before I get the MJF. Well, see. This you could do it a little different in that uh first of all you're gonna feed him Spears and Spears you know look he again you know it doesn't matter he, he could take all the losses because you know it's just it is what it is and I'm not trying to shit on him but it is what it is he's you know he's in it and that's gonna be quick work I would not make that a long thing that's gonna be quick work for the Wardlow but bring in people for like one I know AEW's done it but like go for the gold, like go out and spend the money for the free agents, like get the big name. Cause that was the thing that made it big in Memphis. They got Joe LaDuke and they got like, uh, uh, I don't know, like fucking, I'm just going to rattle off names of the air, like Jack Briscoe, or they got, uh, you know, so they got to get big dudes though. They can't just get, yeah. Yeah. They go out and get the big guys and go out and like, you know, like I said, the guy that wrestles for the NWA who was doing the gay agenda angle, but at the same well, actually like, I, I can't right now off the top of my head, think of the wrestlers you would get, but I would kind of, I mean, off the top of my dome, like for me, kill across. Yes. Unless kill across, cross, um, uh, you can have him with with uh, Merrill with Merrill come. No, nah, I wouldn't. I keep Merrill away from him. Uh, what about uh, 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 Jonah Funaki? You know, I mean, he's a dangerous fucking cutthroat. You know, salty old. Minoru Suzuki. I mean Suzuki. Like have him come I, out I would there. Have Suzuki. Yeah, like have him go out there and like try to do that catch shit and like you know cut the legs out from under him. You know, kind of make it interesting, get some big names and stretch it out a little bit so that when he does get, to, I agree, MJF can lay on his back all day and take a loss and then talk his way 
out of it the next show. Uh, but build him up to be you know, like, because it's going to take big dudes or it's going to take guys like Suzuki that can genuinely hurt you with a legitimate background. To it's you're gonna it's gonna take a little extra thought to have him fight from underneath, being that he's such a fucking huge dude. But I think Wardlow could do it. Do not have him fucking going out there talking about his goddamn grandmother or, or walking out with a fucking puppy. Like have him be a kickass baby yeah. face. Uh, if he, you know, he really ever got the same much. Honestly, he ain't got no, to give him a thing. fire he promo. He, he does not need to say a goddamn thing. That's the point. You, you like you, you, you. I'm sorry, but you're royally fucking up Adam Page. So look at Adam Page and do the exact opposite of everything you're doing with Adam Page and apply it to Wardlow. And then when when you get to uh, when you get to MJF, MJF will walk him through that match and take the loss. And then you have a star. Uh, but I'm starting to wonder because clearly this is the thing. It's going to be Spears, and then that's just how I would do it. I would I would have MJF try to mastermind a bunch of hitmen whatever to you know to kind of stretch out a little bit and give Wardlow a little room to to really you know like get some fire underneath him but after that like I think it's time for an MJF world title run because I would like to see that shitty heel champion that always seems to narrowly escape losing the belt and I would give MJF a, a like a long run and I don't know Again, it's I don't know how long you would w- wait, but I don't think it should be that much longer. Because I know Omega's coming back, and everybody's going to want to see the belt back on Omega. And, well, see, but, I think Omega, when he comes in, is going to be Elite versus the Undisputed. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, but they got to so, so he's going to be out of the picture for the title. I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, they got to they got to get fucking. I mean, they got to get. They, somebody's got to steal his gear bag. Like one of you AEW fans said, like. Somebody you really do not like that dude's chip. He looks fucking ridiculous, but also it's it it's it's there's a lot of unnecessary shit. Like you need to just you're trying again, it's it's so blatant that you're trying so hard, but also this dude you give him something to do as champion. And also stop with this weird emo thing where like you know he wants to rip Adam Cole's head off but then like shakes his unconscious hand and you know whatever and it's like dude seriously get your fucking cowboy tassels and get the fuck out of my ring like what are you doing could you could you could you pick a lane for this guy and give it to him and give him an opponent because he has been when you think about the champions they've had Omega Moxley uh uh Jericho uh, who else? That was, that was only been the three, right? And yeah. so, out of the four, he is by far the weakest. See, the see weakest. I'm gonna tell you what it is. I I figured it out because I use Car Noir, for example, from Progress. And I know a lot of y'all motherfuckers say you talk about this dude a lot. No, trust me, he's worth talking about. I have never seen a promo. Never seen a promo, even when he had the interaction. With Spike Chavez, who I love dearly, he never spoke. His aura, his entrance, the way he does it, it fits his persona to the T. You get what I'm saying? I mean, he rides a barefoot. He comes out to the the uh, 
the 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 that ballet shit for the the, the swan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he does the whole deal with that or what have you. But because of his aura, you don't need to hear him talk. You feel me? Because you'd be afraid that if he talks, he's gonna fuck it up. Well, here's the funny thing, and this is why I'm so adamant about what's going on with Adam Page and that he can cut a promo. He yeah. does, like you're right, he can do the no-talking champion. He has presence. He has the skill. He looked fine before he went rhinestone cowboy. And it was literally a 180. You have him riding a, like, drunk riding a, like, a, a driving mower drunk with a bunch of jackasses that couldn't draw a, a counterfeit peso in any arena anywhere. And then he beats your champion. And then next thing you know, he's a cowboy. He went from the hangman to a cowboy. And it's like, you're, you're, you're doing, you're like, again, you're putting a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat. Like, Go back to trunks. Give, give hopefully Miro or somebody like I like your idea of Miro bringing Killer Cross because, because, because like I said he still needs guys they can feed him that will get him over. Yes, no, yeah, because, he he needs but, a genuine but, he needs a genuine feud. He's had no feud. He had two matches with Brian. Then he had some like thing with 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 uh with uh uh. uh Archer, and then he... See, with me, I wouldn't put Moxley on him. I, it, Adam Cole, okay, then did just me. Adam Cole, I don't want him to go for a title. If we go for any time, it's the TNT title. Well, here, here's the problem. Adam Cole is one of them guys that I would want to put the belt on as a heel. But here's the problem. You, here's the thing. Don't have him lose to a guy in sweatpants the week before and then blatantly say on TV, oh, uh, yeah, it didn't count because it was a light outs match, and I forget, I forget where I heard it. I don't know if it was one of the announcers or if it was on a podcast, but they they said the same thing. We just saw it. So how are you gonna sit there and tell me it didn't count? We just saw it. We just saw the fucking thing. If you wait, if you, if wait, you do wait, bad enough, the same thing. No, look, a monkey did the same thing, but he still was stupid then. But anyway, but here's the thing: if you do bad in the audition. You don't get the part. So that's the same kind of theory. Like, you, you, okay, so the match didn't count, but it did because you did it in front of people and people saw it. And and then you're going to, and then all of a sudden now he's serious. And then again, you're, it did, oh, by the way, a, a guy who was never near any title is now the number two contender. It's like, you're not doing this guy any favors. So every week I'm giving less of, not only am I giving less of a fuck, but now I'm starting to get frustrated as a fan because here's the thing. The only titles that you have that are worth a shit, in my opinion, are your TV title and your women's title. Uh, your tag titles are just uh, who gives a fuck. Your tag division is a goddamn mess. And you're about to lose the one tag team that could probably tie it all together to bring of honor. Your world title, I care less about every week care less about every week i'm i'm actually genuinely excited for when he loses and i like adam page and that new title that tbs title you know what that's my remotes in my tv i give more of a fuck about this than your goddamn tbs title uh now that Britt baker is not the champion anymore how about you have her win that title so that title can actually like mean something because you have it on somebody who's so green that the belt is just stagnant AEW 
is doing a lot of things right, but the one thing they're not doing, which uh, I don't see a lot of wrestling companies doing properly, is your champions have to be above reproach. They have to be protected, and the title Correct. has to be special. You need to kind of shape up your your your, your, your divisions. Your champ, you got a champ with no fucking rival walking around in fucking chat, like not even real chaps with like fucking like neon streamers from a girl's bike <laughs> on his tights and like cowboy bedazzled Dusty Rhodes cowboy boots wrestling mm. fucking jobbers. You have a new women's title. You're the only company with two women's titles. And it's put on somebody that it's like wrestling. Uh, it's like wrestling a refrigerator. And Yeah, because I, I think they could have waited to put the belt on her. They could have put it on Deeds. Look, and again, and I'm not saying... eventually beat Deeds. And I'm not saying, you know, take Cargill off TV. I'm not saying Barrier, but, you know... No, but they, I don't think that she should have had the belt. She should have took the loss. I mean, I get they probably... Wanted Thunder Rose to eventually become champ. I get that. But then, well, no, but then, okay, you have Ruby Soho. Yeah. You could have just put the belt on Ruby Soho. I get that y'all trying not to do what, w, what Impact did or any other ass promotion that WWE first come in, they automatically challenge for the title walking in type situation or they get a belt. I think that's the main reason why Ruby Soho did not win the title and that Tony wanted to stick with having one of his own as champ. But to me, I think it would have done better if she had took that loss, came back down the line, and won the title. Yeah, versus, and it's not, in my opinion, it's not fair to Cargill because, again, the mixed message with she's supposed to be healed, but there's her daughter looking. Yeah. Okay, so hold on one second. Okay, so here you have this very beautiful, very not typical body shape height. You have this basically genetic anomaly in a good way of a black woman and she has a black daughter and there's her husband supporting his you know more successful more powerful wife and there's a daughter in the audience looking at this fucking statuesque black woman being an example like like literally she's a guy she looks like a fucking superhero she's dressed like a superhero and she's holding the belt and she's being cheered or you know it to me when i see that i think nothing but positive okay so you're sending me a mixed message where she's supposed to be a bitch but there's the young daughter looking at this and not only that but not just her daughter but any black girl that's like watches wrestling or maybe he's not Seeing that on TV, like literally, we, I'm, you know, we're a comedy podcast, but some girl's gonna turn on the TV and see Cargill on, on TV, and and that's gonna be like her Walter Payton, her Jordan. Like, oh my God, like I could be that one day, but she's supposed to be a heel. She hasn't the chance to get the experience, so you now put a undefeated streak on her. On top of that, you have a new title that she's the only holder of. On top of an undefeated streak, on top of the fact that she's green. And you're sending me mixed signals with, is she a heel or is she an aspiring, proud black woman leading the charge? Like, what the fuck am I getting here? And it's not fair to her because when I look at her, you're putting the spotlight on her and it's not her fault. The matches are not horrible. She's better than Goldberg. She's a lot better than Goldberg. And there's a fuck ton of potential there. But it's a lot on somebody that's... Doing and I will say this, 
for all the shit that they're putting on her, she's doing a, a great job of carrying it as as best she can. But it's like it's getting more every week. It's like again, also no real feud. You're beating a bunch of people, but I give a fuck because, like, where's the feud? Where's the great rival? Where's her steamboat? Where's his Terry Funk? Where's you know her? You know, I mean, like, you gotta help these people. You gotta, you gotta, you know. I mean, you're you're kind of drowning two people here that should be your, you know, should be like leading the charge. You, you know, you're not doing the creative work behind the scenes. So either get the belts off them and kind of you know restart. Because the longer they stay in these positions, every week it's just the belt a little weaker. Well, the belt, the belt, the, the thing, at least with the belt, the belt is so new that the belt hasn't had a chance to become anything. I, I the thing with the belt is, if you want to do something with the belt, you need to get it on somebody that can kind of do something with it. With Cargill, you're trying to do like four things at once with this woman and I get why, but it's not fair to her. So you need to give her a thing. If she's going to be a heel, don't show me her daughter. Uh, give her, find the best you can to kind of, you know, get, you know, like give her the matches that she needs and get rid of the undefeated gimmick because that's not going to, once that starts getting closer to triple digits, it's not going to help her. No. You know, again, better than Goldberg, but you got to, there's a star that is such a star in in the in on the in the making but you're giving her a lot to handle really soon it's like you know it's it's and and yeah i mean she's doing she's she's handling it amazingly but it's it's uh you know again like okay you just you 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 were mean and shitty and and and, and that's the other thing she's healed she doesn't cheat really not that I've ever really seen. Uh, the guy jumps up on the thing and waves his arms or whatever. And also, the manager is ineffectual. You know, you got her with a guy that really is not enhancing anything. Not That's the really. other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, you got to help. You got to help this girl because she's doing everything she can. The same thing with Adam Page. He's you're giving him all this shit, and he's in there with the mayonnaise, and he's in there with the fucking celery, cutting it up, and you know he's trying to make the fucking salad. But you know, it's like you guys. You must have ate some Taco Bell last night because you are not helping him and you're not helping her. Yeah, so. You know. And, of course, on a other note, then we're going to move on to OG the old school. Joey Janela is not going to resign with AEW, nor do I think AEW was going to resign him anyway. Um, yeah, no, that's you said the second thing is the is actually the right one. Yeah, because I'm I, I like Joey Janela, but he really didn't bring nothing to the table for AW, and it, like I, I I tell people this all the time. To me, I don't think he ever really got over, and I'm not gonna sit here say because it was AW or what have you. It just. To me, his matches never stood out. He never stood out, you know, to the point that I wanted to see more of him. You know, I wanted to see more of Sonny Kiss than I wanted to see of him. Well, yeah, and and the thing with Joey Janela is that uh, it's the same thing with comedy. It's the same thing with porn. It's the same thing with wrestling. Um, There's the underground kind of the hip, 
cool thing that everybody likes or, you know, the underground thing and whatever. And then there's the mainstream. So you want to work for browsers. You want to uh, have a Netflix one hour special. You want to get a, a movie deal. You, you know, you want a main event in a major company. Your style has to change. You have to evolve, hopefully for the better, and you have to improve. The thing that, you know, again, he had his own little festival, or he still might, and he and he was a little, he was like a big deal on, on, the, on the cool, on the hipster wrestling circuit. And that's great, but that eventually runs its course. If you want, even Moxley, Moxley... Moxley, you know, talks some shit in interviews and and you occasionally he tries to bring back his CZW days. But look, he was in the WWE and now he's one of the top guys in AEW. And, you know, look, he he his kids going to go to college and, and have a nice little nest egg when, you know, or a trust fund. And he has a nice house and a beautiful wife. Because he evolves, he can he can you know maybe pull out a barbed bat all he wants or talk all the shit he wants in interviews, but he evolved and he raised his game and he and he you know got to the top and he's wrestling in a main market. Uh, he may get to play a game changer wrestling, but mm-hmm. you know he like he doesn't have to worry about paying the light bill because he evolved. And I think Joey Janela maybe. Maybe bought into that bullshit with the glasses and his look and the, whatever yeah. the fuck he's trying to do. It's like, dude, no one cares. Plus, bragging that you were never properly trained while you're doing something that literally you can kill somebody doing. That's the other thing, by the way. Wrestling is predetermined. We know who's going to win or lose. But until you get to that final two minutes of the match, at any given moment, everybody you see on any wrestling show, wherever you're at, can die at any moment because it's two large people throwing themselves at each yes. other and or throwing shit you shouldn't be throwing at somebody so it's a dangerous sport and yes i said sport and janela brags about not training it's like well you know cm punk famously said that he didn't train and then he went and got trained because he wanted to be the best in the world so you know you want to be joey janela and and do some kind of hipster wrestling thing every summer great but i think AEW chose not to resign with him because Joey Janela's thing, just like you said, nothing stuck. His biggest claim to fame is that he has a verbal, one sided verbal feud with Jim Cornette. And it's one sided because the only person that anyone gives a fuck about hearing what they have to say is Jim Cornette. Yeah. Amen. You know? So, shoot. So now we didn't get through the modern bullshit. Let's get to old to the old school. Yes. Yeah, so uh while well like I said, modern wrestling I think is improving. Um we are gonna again I'm gonna take another swing at the WWE. I I don't offend easily, but I was genuinely offended by the induction. Actually this Hall of Fame class for this year so far that I've seen other than The Undertaker, is either an insult or just absolute bullshit. No offense to Booker T, but why his wife is being one woman inductee this year is probably because they ran out of actual women wrestlers. And, and you know what? Uh, Vader, obviously, okay, so this week is going to be about Big Van Vader. And I was personally offended that they're inducting him because, one, they never let him get a real 
groove going into WWF, but also everybody knew a few years ago that he was dying and there was nothing, anything that could have been done. He, like he knew his clock was ticking. The WWE could have given him this moment then. He could have honored a guy who literally was a top guy everywhere else other than the WWE. And the only reason why he wasn't there was because they pilled out Shawn Michaels and Vince McMahon didn't get him. And now they're going to do it. And they're going to, I don't know who they're going to have induct him, but they're not going to do it right. They're not going to really give credit to his career. And they're going to, you know, use it so they can look magnanimous and like, oh, we miss him. So really, it's more about the WWE than it is Leon White and his family and, and a career that, you know, is truly exceptional when you consider all the factors uh, that he started so late in life and, you know, started and like his, like you could just do a movie, like an interesting, genuine movie on just like the first two or three years of his career. Uh, And I wanted to talk about Vader because as a wrestling fan, I didn't, I wasn't a super smart fan. Like I got the magazines and everything, but I didn't, subscribe to any newsletters there was really no local wrestling around me so i didn't get to hang out or around wrestling shows a lot but you know seeing vader first time i saw vader was in the magazines and then in wcw and he had that really awesome helmet you know he would come out with the he was the first person to wear the mma gloves and he came out in this Helmet with the glowing eyes and and it shot steam and then he took it off and he was this big, just rotund, like half buff, half rotund dude with a really cool mask and the MMA gloves. And it was supposedly based off a legend in Japan folklore about two samurais going to an island and literally fighting for days nonstop. And, uh, you know, and Vader... You know, then eventually was brought into WCW a little bit here and there. And in the beginning, he was kind of like uh, beginning of the card or, you know, put in some lame tag teams, get a couple jobs. He had, uh, you know, his first spark was of like, okay, this might be a top guy is when he had the series of matches with Stan Hansen that almost cost him an eye, literally. Uh, And him and Stan Hansen, uh, had a history, <laughs> and Leon got the majority of the injuries in that history. Uh, yeah, they actually uh, one of Leon's first title matches was actually against the Hanson for the AWA World Title. Yeah. Um, so basically, Leon was born in uh, 1955 in uh, Linwood, uh, California, Linwood, California, and you know played college football was uh you know like a first team all-american for the university of colorado he's an offensive lineman uh and then he uh he basically was part of the rams he had an nfc championship ring he played pro football but he never technically played it down and his wrestling and his football career didn't you know he had basically a patella tear and back in the day up until i'm assuming 
I don't know, the last 20 years, when you had a bad knee or if your knee, like your ACL or your patella, anything in your knee went pop, that was the end of your football career. And so like a lot of rest, or football players that couldn't play football, they went into wrestling and he made his uh, debut in 1985 and he wrestled for the AWA and he was either Leon White or uh, the very creative uh, name that I'm sure would ring throughout the ages of Baby Bull. Yet he came out in black tights and a trucker's hat because why not? Um, and he, you know, wrestled in the AWA for two years, and and the and during that two years, you know, a very green Leon kind of found his way. His biggest claim to fame was that Stan Hansen broke his leg at that time. Yeah. And uh, essentially, after that kind of, uh, you know, after that that fight with Stan Hansen for the world title and everything, he went overseas, where a lot of wrestlers, because as late 80s went into the 90s, there was WCW and there was WWF and the, and the ever-fading AWA. And then there was this international circuit that wrestlers like Owen Hart, uh, William Regal, Fifth Finley, uh, oh, uh, like Benoit, uh, like, you know, uh, a young uh, Jushin Liger, like a lot of talent did, you know, they would do these month-long tours in Germany. They would wrestle every day or they would wrestle in Austria. Then they would go to Japan and they would wrestle in Mexico. So there was this amazing subculture of wrestlers that made a living and they just wrestled around the world and you uh you know and you if you were like a smart fan and you got the magazines or you got the newsletters you kind of knew about them and leon uh i think really started to get his groove in auto wands uh promotion of austria uh catch wrestling uh, association where he won the title several times and uh he was called powerful there and, you know, that's when he really started to get used like a top guy and, you know, and, and Otto Wands, you know, put him over several times. And Otto Wands was an Austrian wrestler who, you know, famously set up these month-long tournaments twice a year in Germany uh, that, like, guys like Jericho and everybody, Guerrero and, and what have you, would go and wrestle in. Uh, and he became the champion there several times. But his big, his big break... Uh, and his big debut came with Antonio Inoki in New Japan. And uh, in probably one of the most historic and costly debuts, he came out as Big Van Vader. And I still, to this day, it's one of my favorite, my favorite looks. Um, you know, the, the black with the red veins and he had the mask and he had that fucking helmet. And he came out, I believe Inoki just had a match. And Vader came out and challenged Inoki for the title and he actually beat Anoki in I believe it was yes it was a it was Sumo Hall yes the famous Sumo Hall so he beat Antonio Anoki he you know and won the title uh and basically a riot broke out because no one had beat Antonio Anoki in like a decade Antonio Anoki booked his own shit so Antonio Anoki always won 
And yeah. or if he lost, he was, you know, there was like always you know, very suspect, like, oh, count out or something. And he came in and, you know, had that amazing look and he beat Anoki. A riot broke out at Sumo Hall and they were banned. Uh, let's see, they were banned for like, this happened in. 86 no sorry it happened in sorry i apologize i lost my place on my thing here uh sorry well it's it's been a long week oh sorry it 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 basically it happened i believe it was like a few years it happened in it happened like uh, 87 and they were banned from super hall until 89 and uh and then vader was really that's when he became a star like that night and again, it was a costly debut because they were banned from Tuma Hall, which is like the like the Madison Square Garden of Japan for like three years, two years. And you know he had a run with IWGP. He was a champion there three times. And at one point, he also would wrestle in Mexico. And at one point, and this is I remember as a child, like again falling in love with the helmet and the look. Yeah. But the, the pictures in the magazines because it was always interesting because again. Uh, up even in the eighties and the nineties, you had to go out of your way, like sneak out of your room and watch weird public access TV or maybe the Spanish Channel or, or look at magazines to see other wrestling and or just what other title belts look like. And the pictures in all the magazines of Vader holding the CML CMLL World Title, the Catch World Title, and the IWGP Title. All you know, he at one point he was champion. And all three major like and what's crazy was I didn't it's kinda like with Scott Hall. I didn't realize because maybe when I saw him when I was younger because he was in AW that the baby bull was Vader. You get what I'm saying? It's like he did a complete transformation when he became Vader. Yeah. Um and I didn't know about Baby Bull until like I think a year after finding out about Vader. Uh, I had to correct myself and I apologize. Um it was years, like, I found out, like, because they just so happened to play an episode on ESPN, on ESPN 2 at one point. I can't remember oh, yeah. when they did it. And I saw the match with him and Stan Hansen. I said, oh, so, yeah, Vader. Yeah, that's right, he was in AWA. I have to correct myself. It wasn't CML. Uh, it was UWA. UWA was still, and he beat El yeah. Connect, who is a... A, 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 a legitimate luchador legend slammed Andre the Giant. I apologize. He was champion of UWA, IWGP, and the CWA. Three different countries, uh, two continents, and that was a big deal at the time because UWA was still going strong. Uh, UWA was in business until AAA came into existence, and then that just spread talent so thin that Everybody mm-hmm. went to the new, like, basically at one point, AAA was the AEW of, uh, of of the wrestling world. And that was, became a very hot promotion very quickly. Yes, sir. Yes, but, I do know my history of domestic wrestling. Go ahead. Yes, but so that was a big deal. And it was really cool seeing those pictures. And then um, eventually, you know, he, lost, he changed the mask uh, so he could, I guess, see better and breathe better. And he, that's when he made the the the, the jockstrap mask that he became famous for. Um, 
Well, actually, I, the first time I ever saw him unmasked was that famous match. It was a joint card between All Japan and New Japan where they had Vader and Stan Hansen fight, and Stan Hansen accidentally hit him with the bell and, and fucked up his eye. And, and Vader literally had to pop his eye back in. And when he did that, the eye swelled up, which which helped because he kept the eye in place and he took off yeah. his mask and you know then the match became a bit of a shoot because stan at the time did not realize that he had accidentally you know, did that yeah. so like he started because he was telling leon to like lighten up like dude what are you doing so stan started firing back and the, that match became legend because for a few minutes it was a legitimate fight, fight. <laughs> and, and 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 only half of the guys in the fight knew knew why he was a fight and Stan Hansen for all his legend is a very soft-spoken and very sweet and very uh gentle guy so he he did feel terrible about the eye but that match got so much uh heat and got so much press that they had it in uh, 1990 he uh I'm trying to look up the exact pay-per-view he did a match at Wrestle War where he crushed in 1990 where he crushed uh uh, we crushed Tom. No, I'm sorry, the Great American Bash in 1990. He crushed Tom Zink in a match squash match, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And then uh, I'm trying to uh, again. Unfortunately, uh, I, yeah, I matched with him and Rick. They were good. Yeah, you know. Unfortunately, uh, I know Vader. That was the first time I ever saw Rick go against a guy that size. Yeah, and, and go ahead. Well, he, in 1990, I believe, unfortunately, trying to remember all the exact dates, I remember as it happened, I believe it was Wrestle War, he had to fight, yes, it was Wrestle War that year where he had the, um, or sorry, 91, where he had the fight with, they had a rematch with uh, Vader and and uh, Stan Hansen, and given, at the time, uh, for guys like Terry Gordy, Steve Williams, Stan Hansen, especially, and Vader, and, you know, for a time, the Road Warriors, your money was made in Japan. So the reason why, like, when Stan Hansen would come to the U.S. or Dr. Death or or, or uh, Gordy or any of these guys, and they never lost, so they always had DQ finishes was because their bread was buttered in Japan. So they did not want to appear. So even though we didn't get a lot of Japanese results, they got all the American results and they did not want to lose yeah. And look bad and lose their position because some of these guys were making ten grand a week working there like, you know, twenty two weeks a year. And in Japan it was real. Yeah. And it's still considered real to a certain extent so, in Japan. And and in and this match at Russell Ward ninety one, they it went to a double DQ because they just beat the shit out of each other yeah. working way. And Vader kinda you know, like I said, from ninety to ninety one or ninety or like ugh, Early '92 made appearances here, or there. He was in the opening match of uh, of Hollywood Havoc '91. You know, he had a, like a ill-fated tag team with Mr. Hughes. He kind of did some jobs. And then in '92, he signed officially with WCW, and they really started to push him. And two years after he making his pro debut, or not his pro debut, but his WCW debut in a Great American Bash '90, he beat Sting in a shocker uh, for the world title. Yeah, in convincing fashion, and then 
in very quick succession, lost to Ron Simmons in a famous yeah. televised match. And I remember seeing that match as they aired it for the first time and losing my shit. Uh, Vader, and of course, they did what they do to all the Black World Champions. They gave Ron Simmons nothing to work with. So gave they gave him a month. <laughs> Let's make that clear. He had it for a month because I remember. Yeah, but in his second title reign into 93, when, yeah. when, when Ron Simmons dropped back to Vader, then he had a very long and established run where he was a world beater and just this dominant killer champion. And he had a great feud with uh, not only he had feuds with Sting, but he also one of his, I think the crown jewel of his WC title reign in 93 was the feud and the storyline he had with Mick Foley. And, you know, the matches they had together, again, mm-hmm. one day we'll do a whole, oh, to the, like, probably a three-parter on just the genius of Mick Foley. But Mick Foley, you know, uh, worked really well and, and, and did what he did with Sting. Uh, you know, like his job at that time is he would get feud and just the guy would leave the feud better than he was. Like their match, their main event match in Halloween Havoc '93, still one of my favorite matches of all time. And you know, same thing, they laid it in. It was it was a Southern wrestling style with the hard hitting of Japanese wrestling. And his uh, title reign that year came to an end at Starcade with a great match with Ric Flair. Yeah, uh, that, match that match. Good. And that match happened because of the stabbing incident with. Sid and Arn Anderson in Europe. And then uh, in 94, unfortunately, we enter a dark period where uh, that's when they decided they WCW wanted to become WWF light and they signed Hulk Hogan and that was the beginning of the decline of, of uh, Vader WCW because everything slowly became wow. 1987 in 1994. And, and, and Hogan, like a lot of the top guys in America, you know, were, was afraid to work with Leon because Leon was stiff, stiff and Leon and Leon worked like Leon did a lot of shit. He did not need to do. He was probably the first big guy along with big low, but, but Vader had a lot more consistent success. Like Vader did a lot of shit for a big man that he did not need to do. And he and dude did, used to do a fucking moonsault. Yeah. The and, a, and a perfect one. And, and out of all the and big men, he did his like perfect. Uh, Vader, uh, Bigelow always kind of did a weird somersault type. Uh, he never quite went ass over tea kettle uh, like like Vader did. And it's it's kind of sad because that was the thing. Vader was a top guy and he and he put a lot of wear and tear in his body because he Vader, Vader, yeah. was, Vader put in that work. Vader would, would traveling through multiple countries holding titles and being the main event. And when it came to WCW, he he worked that gimmick and he was a convincing and great world champion. And Sting, shout out to Sting, because of all the top American guys, with the exception of like Ric Flair, mm-hmm. Sting worked with him a lot. And they had amazing yeah. ma- And those matches are forgotten. I'm going to post some... I'm gonna get back on the Twitter page. I was, it was this was a busy week for me. I apologize, but I'm gonna start posting some Vader stuff this week. But him and Sting, and and Sting jokes about it, but it's true. He calmed Vader down a little bit because Vader came in when they started pushing him with that Japanese style, and Sting 
kind of, you know, hey, buddy, like, you know, just take it down about 20%. And Sting helped make him a star as well in the U.S. And he, and he was the only top guy that was really giving with Vader. Because now we're entering the phase in Vader's career where he eventually would say, fuck this. And go, and the WWF is, in my opinion, the black spot of his career because Vince didn't get him. Uh, then he didn't get the push. He he was a heel, but he never got the title run. He never got the push. It was like he was one of a cycle of guys that would go against the Undertaker. Yeah, and also. Again, he did a lot of stuff that he didn't need to do. So he went in with nagging injuries. So when they did the thing with Gorilla Monsoon, he immediately had to kind of go get shoulder surgery. And you know, that took some heat off. And initially, from all the, st- all the legend, was the original game plan was a series of matches with Shawn Michaels at all the pay-per-views where he, he would beat Shawn have a short run with the title, then Sean would win it back. And, you know, like, okay, Vader wins the one match at, like, uh, SummerSlam, then, like, Vader, I think, I believe, wins the match. Or the, the match, I'm sorry, the match at SummerSlam is supposed to be what it was. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then he wins at Survivor Series, and then he loses at, uh, you know, Royal Rumble. And essentially, ironically, Vader... What happened with Sid, the reverse roles where now Sid took that place because Sean didn't like working with uh, yeah, Vader. He was too stiff. Yeah, too stiff. And, and Sean, uh, I think at that time, and I do this to myself, and I and I did it to myself this weekend, and I and I probably will always do it in my career where I, 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 I want to reach a certain level and I hold myself to, I want to push myself and I, and I, I feel like when I go on set, I owe the the camera people, the people that are dedicating your time, especially my co-star. You, I owe you the best I could absolutely do because that's my job. And when I don't feel like I deliver, I don't get mad at anybody. I get fucking mad at myself. And you know, it, and I've gotten better at containing my anger at myself because I've I found out when you're mad at yourself, that could be a little off putting to people in the room. Yeah, actually, yeah. And, well, yeah, and one of the things, actually, one of the female talents this weekend said that when I had to take a minute to like, okay, let me uh, let me regroup, as it were. She noticed and appreciated that one. I did it quickly, but also I didn't blame anybody else because it wasn't anybody else's fault. Uh, but Sean did not see things that way. Sean. Uh, took it out on a lot of people and bitched and moaned, and that was the end of Vader's chance of becoming the world champion. And just you know, again, all the years of football is yeah. advancing age, and just that hard style, and just you know, and he always was a hard worker in the ring. And his body, you know, he had just it. It's, he didn't stick around long. I think it was like two years, and and, and after he that, made it on TV. He made it on Boy Meets World. Yeah, he had that that thing on Boys Meet World, but I mean, he had like a two year run in WWE. Didn't really amount to anything because they didn't know how to use him, even though they had him with Cornette, and everybody, their grandmother knew. Just you know, like anybody could see in the in the track record itself. But Vince, once Vince gets a hair up his ass, that's the end of it. Yeah. And ironically, once he left the WWE, he went straight to All Japan, 
And this is at the time where uh, all Japan was in a weird transition in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and, you know, uh, with Baba dying and then the eventual creation of Noah. But this weird period in the early 2000s, he like immediately went to all Japan back into being a top guy, won the Triple Crown. And I believe became the first Gaijin to win the Triple Crown All Japan title and the IWGP title. And he won that, uh, I believe, at least, I know twice. It might have been a third time, but I believe it was twice. And um, it was two times. Also became a one-time world champion, uh, tag champion with Steve Williams. And won their championship carnival, which is one of their big tournaments. So immediately, and you know, from 97 being just completely wasted and, and being treated like a glorified jobber almost to once again uh, in 99 and 2000 top guy winning the big titles, winning the big tournaments and Vader essentially finished his active career, you know, as we know it in Japan with uh, all Japan and then eventually Noah where he had like a run as uh, as tag champions with two cold Scorpio uh and um actually hold on one second i'm gonna double check a fact here because uh, as, as he had one last match with william osprey for rev pro yes i was gonna get to that well it actually uh and i was correct i wanted to double check in 2001 he went to noah and him and scorpio were the no the first noah tag team champions so mm-hmm. like another feat that yeah. uh, vader achieved and then Vader would make sporadic appearances here and there. I mean, he was kind of semi and, you know, he'd occasionally they were bringing back a WWE from one of those anniversary shows and, and everything. But like um, eventually, but after the failed and I, and honestly, I'm sure Vader probably did one or two things to rub people the wrong way, but I put a large majority of the, the failure of his run on WWE because WWE is essentially run by one guy and you could have done so much more with him and they just didn't. And it's funny because when you look at Vader, how Vince didn't get it. And Vince wanted to change everything about Vader when he got there, like he does with everybody else. And it's just hilarious that here's a big ass dude who's believable, who could do the whole thing. And Vincent get it, and it's like, uh, I it just it's baffling. And you know, he went back. He had a great run in All Japan. That he had a run in Noah, and that he would do sporadic things here and there. And then Will Ospreay, who is a, a a rising star, who is, I think, eventually in the next couple of years, going to make his descent or ascent onto the U.S. scene. He's already he already been making it, bro. Taste New Japan. Dead because you know they've been running shows, so well, he's getting seen. No, no, he's um, being seen, but he's he's a top yeah. guy in Japan, and he's killing yeah. it in Japan. But he has yet to really make that yeah. full time run in America yet. Yeah. Uh, but you know, at the time he was a lightweight mm-hmm. uh, and and a cruiserweight, and and he was really athletic before he because now he kind of like now he's bulked up and and now he's, he's heavyweight. Kinda, he's a heavyweight now. It's not even a question. He, yeah, he, yeah, he, no, he, yeah, he he. Uh, you know, he stopped by the gas station and uh, he filled up on the premium. And, and uh, yes, he did. And and you know, hey, look, 
I'm, I'm happy he's healthy because he had a run there when he was transitioning to weight classes where he was having a series of injuries and that that can happen regardless if you're gonna do it naturally or with a little help when you add weight when you have yeah, that injury, you, can't, you that, can't move the same way you and used also to. it aggravates shit like when you yeah. you know and uh Vader, because actually because of an injury he lost yes yeah yes. world title he yes. lost it and um he's the rev pro world champion currently and he has like a really yeah. cool stable going uh where he comes out with like a king of uh like a game of thrones kind of king gimmick yeah. Says the empire. Yeah, and I like it. I like it, I, and I, and I'm digging it. And I'm and I was like, you know, do do your thing in Japan and, and wait till the time is right to come here. Uh, let let the U.S. Let, yeah, because you know, right it, now, it speaks volumes that they gave him a click in yeah, Japan. Exactly, and and you know, let the let the there's a lot of the stew of American promotions is still kind of simmering. Like, give it another year or two and let let some of this stuff play out, and then come mm-hmm. in automatic top guy. But uh, Vader. I believe it was because of the Ricochet Osprey match where they did like yeah, a lot of. Yeah, they went and, back and, and forth and, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and and the thing was, it was a lot of, it was a little gymnastic. It, I mean, it was, but um, Vader kind of, you know, being, you know, a little modern, you know, decided to shoot his own promo uh, on Twitter, and I don't. No, I never heard anything about the behind the scenes between him and Osprey, but I'm sure Vader kind of maybe in private said, "Hey, look, it's a work, it's a shoot, or whatever." It's like, look, we're just gonna maybe get this payday, and he did a match with uh, with Osprey, and, and I saw it. Too. It was good. It and was good. I forget who won that match. I forget. Vader won. Okay, so Vader uh, won, and and the reason why it won was because of Pete Dunne. Okay, so. Ain't that interesting? Pete Dunne interfered in the match that that helped Vader to win the match. Well, I like that because one, I I think it saved again, again wrestling logic. It saved, uh, it saved Osprey a little thing, but also Osprey kind of tipping his hat to the legend and and you know giving and giving him. You know his, uh, you know, like to do to the to the old timer. Uh, now, unfortunately, you know, due to the travel and the injuries, and also some, uh, uh, you know, like you know, some you know, issues with uh, alcohol over the years, and just a wear and tear. I mean, a big dude with this kind of career getting into small cars and cramped planes and long hours of just sitting still. That is actually. That's the thing that really kills wrestlers is you're so active and you're taking this big beating and then you get into a car or a plane for hours and you're sitting in the seat stationary and that actually makes things worse. Like it almost would be better if you were able to lay down in a nice bed or just move around. Um, But in 2016, uh, he was, you know, he was he was diagnosed with congestive heart failure and uh you know in you know and that's when in 2017 you know uh it, basically the clock was ticking and that's when everybody knew like you know oh oh shit like this is and this was shortly after the Osprey match where like this is uh yeah. and he actually collapsed i think he was having a match in japan and he actually collapsed 
in the ring because he decided like fuck it i'm going all out and he would he started wrestling to get because you know just to have that kind of final hurrah yeah and he collapsed in the ring um in march of 2018 he went in for heart surgery uh and uh leon white big van vader the you know the 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 mastodon the you know the man who you know Vader Time passed away in June eighteenth, two thousand eighteen, um, from pneumonia. He was only sixty three years old, and uh, you know, and ironically, the person that saw him the most in in the end of you know the last weeks of his life was Sting. A guy that based essentially one of the guys that made him here in the U.S. Yeah, and uh, you know it 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 did make me sad because it was kind of like another hero of mine, Walter Payton, who was had a huge huge influence on me as a child, and I have a Walter Payton tattoo, and Walt you know Walter knew he had this issue was you know this health issue and and the surgery of the organ transplant was not going to come in time and he knew and he was you know genuinely scared and he was open about it and uh to to know one of your favorite wrestlers uh you know his clock was ticking and he decided he was going to just be as active as possible he tried to get himself in best shape and you know i like again, just being a young kid and seeing the look and just the way he worked and the and the gimmick, the helmet and and just him with all the cool belts that you never normally see, and you know, you grow up with somebody, whether it be a fictional character from a TV show or like some any sports or a wrestler, and you know, you get busy, you grow up, you you know whatever, and you forget sometimes that like. It you know that was a part of your life and 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 that you know you remember all this stuff and uh, you know it really I, like I said I'm a hard hard guy to offend and I was genuinely upset and offended that the WWE because the guy you know it was it was up front you know he 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 knew his time was coming and and he tried to make the best of it and um, obviously he was scared and you could have gave him this moment you could have made him the big you could have you could have gave you could have made him the big you could get you could have gave him the big main event spot at the hall of fame and gave him that last hurrah because vader again for a guy who started late in wrestling did a lot and was a top guy everywhere except the one organization where it was controlled by one dude and if he didn't get it it didn't matter if everybody else did like Vince McMahon, if Vince McMahon didn't believe in penicillin, nobody would get it. That's how WWE works. And here's the thing about Vader. That two-year run in WWE is nothing. That to me, that does that's like the prequels in Star Wars. It's it's it exists and some people like it, but that this was a guy that moved like a featherweight. He I never saw the only bad matches I saw from Vader were when he was working with uh, essentially a Jim Duggan, a Hulk Hogan, you know, yeah. even, even like 
Shawn Michaels gave him a little bit, but basically when big American wrestlers wouldn't, you know, basically put in effort, because Vader until his last day, even with Osprey, he went out there and he gave it to you. It didn't matter if his shoulder was fucked up, his knee, if he was a little overweight. It's he literally his his heart is beating slower every minute. Vader went out there and he set a new standard for big men. He worked his gimmick. He, you know, he had great managers. He could do a promo. And like I said, his matches with Sting, like the King of Cable match in 92 at Starcade, the main event in, um, you know, Halloween Havoc, uh, you know, the White Castle of Fear, which, you know, stupid name for a match, but like. Um, they make that shit work, though. Look. Yeah. And, and also, like, I think that, you know, the fact that. Ron Simmons' title reign wasn't filled with a feud with Vader was a one robbing Ron Simmons of a great title reign, but just robbing us of amazing matches because they never really had an ongoing feud. Like Vader lost the title to him, then won it back, and that was the end of it. Um, yeah. But Vader, you know, like he wrestled all the greats, and and you know his list of achievements is long as my arm, and. You know, he was a badass and yeah. he, was, he was, he was, you know, again, he, you know, a few people would say like little comments, like apparently not the most, uh, shall we say, hygienic guy at all times, uh, could maybe be a little bit of a bully sometimes in the ring, but overall people loved Leon and Leon gave, he did what wrestlers do. He, if you paid money to see Vader, whether it was in person or a pay-per-view or you bought a magazine to see the pictures, Vader gave you everything like he he left it all in the ring i mean he literally had his eye popped out of his head and he didn't stop the match and that to me is what vader should be remembered for that in a time when wrestling was at its lowest in the late 80s early 90s he went to austria germany japan mexico and he forged his way he was given a gimmick and he worked it till the till his dying day he became a top guy in America. He had a following, you know. Uh, yeah, he 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 gave you everything, and you got yes. your money's worth with him. Hmm. And I I don't know who they're gonna have to duck him, but I think probably the only person I could think of would be since they can't get Sting, it should be Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, also became again the stuff we never touched on the Mick Foley thing with the ear, like you know he just became wrestling lore, and yeah. It, it, but look, you know, but we, we gotta kind of wrap this up, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my phone losing uh uh losing juice. <laughs> All right, well I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up by saying that if you are listening to this podcast, and even if you're a WWE fan, go on YouTube. Go on the Peacock and and watch the Vader matches from Japan and WCW, and and just you're welcome. And to Leon White, wherever he may be, if there is an afterlife, uh, thank you, thank you for putting your body through that. Thank you for never phoning it in, and just thank you for being Vader. And it will always be Vader time here at the uh, Pro Wrestling Smoke and the Pilgrim on Wrestling. It's, it's time. It's time. It's Vader time. Time, time, time. God, uh, God bless yeah, you, man. God bless you, and, and, and Godspeed wherever you are.
Yes, and I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of us giving you some wrestling punditry in a way that nobody else do. Because, like I said, with us, we give you our opinions. Because, you know, just because we're porn stars don't mean that we don't watch wrestling and we don't know wrestling. And like I tell everybody, Mr. Pilgrim gives you the history. I kind of help you with the modern wrestling, you know, period. So, and um, another great show, Mr. Pilgrim. Yes, as always, it's a it's a fun. I love doing this show, and uh, I'm very proud of the stuff we're doing here. And um, you know, it was again. This one was a little personal for me. I didn't. I just tried to you know run it all from memory. But it it just it was it just kind of struck me funny that it mm-hmm. bothered me so much that they could have given this guy a moment. And that's how I, know, I feel you coming from. Because I yeah. mean, honestly. <sighs> Yeah, WWE, it's, it's kind of crazy because you give the man his roses and yeah. he's not going to get them. So, with that being said, people, you know how we end this all day, every day. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience if you didn't learn anything? Smoke this over. Talk to y'all later. See y'all next time on Vader Time. Yeah. Hey. Do you enjoy the uh, pro wrestling punditry that we're giving you on Pilgrim Bond Wrestling? Well, guess what? You can get some extra pro wrestling punditry, as well as a deeper dive into pro wrestling. I'm talking about Pro Wrestling Smoke, a premium podcast on the premium smoke room on the lounge for $4.99 a month. One of five podcasts that you get to enjoy and I'm talking about weekly so subscribe to the premium smoke room and check out pro wrestling smoke where me and Billy yo we get it in and we discuss and debate different topics from the prettiest and the best looking bet of all time to modern wrestling the territory days old school what have you He's the history, I'm the martyr. So, subscribe for $4.99 a month to the Premium Smoke Room and check out Pro Wrestling Smoke. Now, smoke that over.